your Cornish Soccer Podcast. It's the 24th of February 2023 and it's time for the latest episode of the Rapundix Friday Fix. From the Southern League to the Trelawney. We've got you covered. Now, our regular listeners will, of course, know that, in fact, this week there's no Rappo as he's off on a city break to uh, Krakow in Poland. And so I'm afraid you're stuck with just me this week. But, of course, it's not quite just me, as there's always our regular contributors, namely John Colenso, who gives us a feel of what's happening in the St. Perrin League's East Division as well as covering the East Cornwall Premier League for the podcast. Then there's Phil Hiscox, who is the secretary of the South West Peninsula League. We hear from Phil later, in particular about the St Blasey versus Bude match last Saturday that was abandoned. As well, of course, I tackle Phil again about the merger with the Western League. That, as you should all know, is now definitely not happening and finally, we've got Cam Weldon, who's our Tour City contact. And uh, I'm afraid to say it hasn't been quite such a good week for him. More on why in the minute. Also in this week's podcast, we have post-match reaction from the midweek Les Phillips Cup tie between Helston and Falmouth that took place on Tuesday. In our South West Peninsula League section, we talked to Steve Cudmore, Weybridge Town's chairman, Mike O'Neill, manager of Wendron, and Lewis Edwards returns to the podcast as his Elbert and Villa side warm up for cup action this week coming. Not forgetting, Gary Hawking every week keeps us up to date with what's happening on the women's football scene. And we finish off this week's podcast by talking to David James, Fixtures Secretary of the Trelawney League. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Let's start going around the leagues. And as usual, we begin with Step 3 side Truro City and Cam Weldon and a bit of disappointing week as results go for the club. Well, Cam, what can we say about the last two games that the uh, first team at Truro have played? Not so good. Yeah, I think um, that's the overriding consensus, Dave. I think it's been <laughs> a little um, disappointing, really, um, in in different ways as well. Um, I think the I think the Hartley game. We'll start with the Hartley game on Saturday. One or draw. Um, had a couple of injuries, enforced changes, which obviously isn't ideal in any game. Dan Sullivan was out of injury. Um, ben Adels were out of injury. But um, I don't think that's an excuse of any type. I know we've got a big enough squad for that. But ultimately, it's just a frustrating afternoon for us, really, Dave. We had a, a number of chances. Must have had at least 20 shots on goal. Um, and just could, could only score once. It was one of those afternoons, really, where we dumped we absolutely peppered the Hartley goal. We dominated the game and um, we did score. We scored within 20 minutes. I think Matt, Matt Wright scored, which is, um, was a weird kind of goal, actually, from mm. a, a cross. Um, I don't think for, for those that have seen it, it's one of those where even Matt said to me, I said to him the other night, did you mean it? He goes, absolutely not, but we'll take it. <laughs> but, um, well, at least he's a, honest. A, at least he's honest. Yeah, at least, at least he's honest, yeah. But a cross from the right that... Um, well, it's weird actually because from a certain angle you could look at it and think, "Have he meant that?" But no, he, he, honestly, you know, it was a cross that took a, a bit of a deflection that caught the keeper out the near post. So, um, but it was on target, so it still counts as his goal, Dave. But yeah, no, uh, one nil up, and w- within I think it was eight minutes, Hartley equalised. It was such a poor goal to concede. It was a, uh, a well taken finish from uh, the, the their man, but ultimately, Dave, it's one where he's had far too much space on the left hand side and. Um, 
just gone through the keeper's legs. It's a good finish, but it's one he shouldn't have that time and space. And we knew that in the second half. Um, we 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 just well, I don't think they had a shot, Dave. To be honest, I think we would the ball was played in their half, and we just couldn't get that second goal. And it's but that happens. It's um, couldn't fault the effort for the lads. They went all the way to the 90th minute. I think the last. I think we've literally dominated proceedings in the last. The last bit of action of the game was actually a Ryan Brett um, shot. It looked like it was going to be one of those dramatic late winners. Tyler knocked it on and Brett, he takes it down. First touch and uh, second touch sets himself and third touch ha- like hammers it towards the bottom corner. But I will give their shout out to their goalkeeper. Absolutely superb on the day. Um, and he made a brilliant save and a number of great saves. I think the best one, best one he made was a... Uh, uh, Rocky Neal had a shot at the near post that he tipped over the bar. So, um, yeah, a disappointing one, really, Dave. Frustrating more than anything. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's one of those where you could, could say, well, it made it even worse, I think, with uh, the fact that Western had scored with, I think they had like 10 added minutes and scored in the, the ninth added minute of extra time, of the added on time. So, uh, to win 3 2. So, it's a bit frustrating, really. But, yeah. That's football, and it happens, doesn't it? So, yeah. No, the fact that Matt Wright scored. Wh- what was the lineup up front? Um, so I, I believe that was a uh, just a just a tactical thing. Realistically, I think a bit of squad rotation. Um, Tyler Harvey had dropped to the bench. Matt had his right. first start, so right. it was um, Dan, Dan Sullivan. Obviously, what you'd say the traditional front three for Truro is Dan Sullivan in behind Rocky Neal and Tyler Harvey. Um, but uh, it was Jack Rice because Stan Sullivan was injured, so Jack Rice was uh, in behind uh, Rocky Neal and Matt Wright. But Matt, um, Tyler Harvey came on in the, uh, I think it was about the 55th minute as well, so tired a, a decent number of minutes as well. Right. Okay, so that uh, that was a one-all draw against a side that, um, let's be fair, are at the bottom fighting relegation. Um, then it's off to Pool Town midweek and... Uh, well, didn't get any better, did it? No, it didn't. And it's it's a frustrating again. It's, it's frustrating and just disappointing, really. I think we're we're not going to sit here and say anything other than we we were thoroughly beaten, Dave. There's no no denying that. Um, sometimes you got to just put your hands up and say you've been beaten by a better team on the night. And credit to Paul, they. They, they beat us and were thoroughly deserving of their three points. So we were, for whatever reason, we were way off it. Um, Paul Watton's interviews up on up on all our social media channels and stuff. So uh, he obviously describes it probably better than I can. But it was um, for him. I think he said there were seven or eight players who, for he, for him, on the night were just off it for whatever reason that was. And um, we we were punished really. We the first goal. Uh, an element of luck, really, but it's disappointing. It's frustrating because it's a, a free kick that they've uh, gone in. There's a header, gone a hit the header, which Hammy has done superbly well. Reaction save to save and knock onto the post, and then it's rebounded off the post back into the um, to the feet of the centre half, who's <laughs> fair play, fair play to him. He's quickest, quickest to react and smashes the ball home for one nil. Um, and we didn't. St- we started well, actually, Dave. For the first five minutes, we saw a lot of the ball, and then we just credit to Paul. They, but they're unbeaten at home since August, so I think that says how good they are in their own patch. And um, the pitch was impeccable. It was brilliant last night, and um, they were just giving us a lot of pressure. They were, and we know they're a good side, and obviously they got the goal. Uh, I think it was just before half hour mark, 
And we were starting to get into it a little bit, but we never really looked at scoring in the first half. And then, obviously, there's that sucker punch of conceding just before half-time. And that's what we did. Toby Holmes, who someone we know quite well, scored against us a few times when he was at Taunton. And um, he did it again uh, last night with a... This one's just a, it's a calamity, really. It's a mix-up at the back. of It's a ball and a long ball at the top and the defender and um, Hammy, I think it was Ed Palmer and James Heyman. There's a bit of a miscommunication there for whatever reason. And um, it's hard to pin fault on either of them. I thought it's on one of them. I think it's more of a, a duo mistake, really, where lack of communication and um, Hammy's come out and basically Toby's just got in between two of them, taken the ball off and just walked it, well, tapped it into an empty net. So um, that was a, a frustrating one. And when you see a one nil down going in at half time, you're thinking, okay, we can reassess things, but going in at two nil down, still not over, but makes it a lot harder, especially against a team who, as I said, are undefeated at home since April, but so since August, sorry. But um, yeah, we second half, Credit to the lads. We we gave it a couple of good go. Um, had a couple of good chances and stuff. But again, it was just what you, you got the sense that it probably wasn't our night. Really, um, I think the closest we came, Finley Kraft got a shot at the near post, which uh, was going to go through the keeper's legs, but it was a really good reaction save from him uh, to deny him. And then Paul scored with it was ten minutes to go. And this one, Toby Holmes again got a brilliant ball through. I think it was Cam Murray, the fullback, who played a great through ball. Uh, he had a great night, and uh, Toby just ran through, and it was one one of those bit of composure and a quality finish past Hammy, and that was three 0 And basically, well, that was game over, really, Dave. Uh, we huffed and puffed a little bit in the last ten minutes, but again, never really looked like scoring. Sort of, sort of summed up a disappointing night for us. It was it was a frustrating one, really, Dave. We we felt that. Um, we weren't particularly happy with the officiating. We don't want to comment on that. Um, and I, having spoken to the pool chairman after the game, he wasn't particularly happy with the officiating either. Um, and they, they won 3-0. So I think that says it all, really. Um, we ha- Listen to this day, we had seven yellow cards on the night. Ooh, um, yeah, and one of them for the, one of them for Paul, the manager, and then six players. So it was a, um, yeah, a frustrating night. And I think it, that sort of showed a little bit how it was almost like you were playing against obviously a very tough team and then playing against the referee at times, but mm. that's what it is. That happens. That's football. And we, we just got to get on with it and react now. Yeah. D- but to be fair to Paul, he, I, I, I've heard the, the interview and, he, and uh, although he, he mentions the, the refereeing, it didn't affect the, the, the fact that they were the better side, was weren't they? Oh no, no, absolutely not. Yeah, no, that's, it's right. Yeah. It's, um, Paul, Paul were thoroughly deserving of that three points. Yeah. They were by far the better team on the night. And I think that just added to the frustrating side of it was, yeah. you know, when things aren't going right, having the referee against you as well with some well, dodgy decisions and stuff is it obviously isn't isn't ideal and just adds to your frustrations a little bit. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, uh, but just to confirm, yeah, as Paul said, it is one of those, everyone there on the night, there were a decent number of fans, I think it's 350 fans there, would all say as well, Paul were, well, they played very, some very good football and were thoroughly deserving of those three points. And Truro got what they deserved from the game day. Yeah. Now, it doesn't get any easier, though, does it? Because your next two games coming up, uh, Swindon Supermarine away on Saturday and then Chesham on Tuesday at, uh, at Belitha Park. Two tough games. Well, yeah, there's no left up, Dave. And 
you said we say two tough games as again I was speaking to the, the pool chairman last night and we both agreed like there isn't an easy game in this league Dave I've said it before and it's it is such a tough tough division anyone can beat anyone and these two these two games they don't really get much tougher than that Swindon are a fantastic side always have been um a well established in this division and going to there it's never any space to go I don't think we've we've ever gone there and one convincingly it's always been one of those where it's always been the odd goal um, separating sides it's never you're never going to win go there and win 4-5-0 well, I mean I'd love it if we did but it's um, they're, <laughs> not, they're a very all? good side <laughs> yeah. oh yeah 100% but they're, they're a very good side and they'll, they'll give any team a go um, I think they're, I think it's eight games undefeated now for them so they're in fine form themselves so it's, um, it's we'll be looking to bounce back No, no well 100% we'll look, look to bounce back but uh, it doesn't really get much tougher than playing against Swindon. The, the positive is, Dave, we've got um, our record with with the, well, sorry, our record under Paul Watt and against them is is brilliant. We, it's impeccable, really. I think we've, we've I think we are undefeated against them, which is which is nice. But and earlier in the season, you can't you can't look into these sort of things. But earlier in the season, we beat them four 0 at Belifo, um, and that makes it sound like we we absolutely battered them, really. But for the first ten minutes, we we were three 0 up and. I mean, I'm not going to say it killed the game, but Swindon still gave us uh, a tough 70 minutes of that move. So even at 3-0 <laughs> down, they were giving it a proper good go. So that shows how good a side they are, even if they didn't start well on that night. But um, that's, a, again, tough game. And then Tuesday, well, Chesham, we were undefeated until we played Chesham in November. And then they, they, they took our undefeated record. And again, a very good side and a tough side. Uh, it's a long journey for them. I think that's the only positive. Well, that's the one of the big positives we can take from it is that Chesham have got to make that mammoth journey down on mm-hmm. a Tuesday, which isn't ideal for anyone. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about obviously the mergers and leagues and stuff, but that's that's a crazy journey for them. Having to come to <laughs> from Buckinghamshire to um, Plymouth on a on a on a Tuesday night, it's a that's mental, really. But um, it is what it is. And, I think that'll be another massive game, tough game. Chesham third in the league, they're right on our sails. But um, if, if we can win that, then that'd be a massive three points and open up a little bit of a gap. Yeah. But the one you've got, you've got, everyone's got to keep their eye. We've no one's really mentioned them as keeping an eye on Braxton as well in fourth. Mm. Um, they're in fine form. I think they've got four games in hand on Truro, and they're um, they're, they're not really letting up a little bit, Dave. But that's the same with Western, the same with Cheshire, that's the same with even Paul in fourth. But there's some very good teams in this league and um, Truro, just uh, the fixture list, I haven't really done very kind, has it, Dave? Having to play Paul, Swindon, Cheshire, all within, all within space of a week is not uh, not particularly kind, but we'll take it. That's what we've got and hopefully um, if we get, we'll get some points on the board this week and I'll be talking to you then. Well, a smile on my face next week, though. <laughs> right. Yes, there certainly could be a few twists all sorts of ways between now and the end of the season. So, and as you say, let's hope next week uh, yeah, we're both a bit happier talking about Truro City in the Southern League. What about the reserves, though? Um, they're still going strong? Yeah, I know they're, they're doing really well, Dave. Um, uh, from what I've, I've been told, I had a chat with John Fabi about it in uh, their game on Saturday. They the hard fought win really um, we said it wouldn't be an easy game but they battled really well and John was first thing he said to me was that St Agnes gave it a real good go and um, again I think it was just a tale for Truro the reserve but 
they're top of the league or joint top of the league with um I think Malzal just got a better goal difference. Mm. But again for City it was just missed chances a little bit um for City there. Uh missed a penalty and uh, I think eighteen shots and seventy percent seventy percent possession. So they dominated the game but still only won three two, which again is three points all that matters. But I think um they just need to start taking their chances and be a bit more ruthless in front of goal. But credit to St Agnes, they gave it a real good go and at the end of the day, three points is three points, and as long as they keep picking up those points and stay at the right end of the table, the top end of the table, we're, we're going to be happy come the end of the season. But Mauser, there's, there's some top teams in that league, Dave. Just like and Mauser are a good side, St. Day are obviously a good side, and well, to get to come away with three points and Agnes, um, a good result. And talking about good sides, they've got Hale on the weekend at home, um, which. I think I've said it all the time when whenever we talk about Hale. Like um they're one of these teams that I've seen a couple of times. Um and yeah, they're they're a good side, well organised and um that'll be a tough game, but hopefully uh they can pick up three points on Saturday extra guy and um and hope Miles will drop points up elsewhere. <laughs> right. Yeah, and two goals from George Newton last Saturday. Now he's one of the younger players. Is there any news on the under eighteens? Have they got any games coming up? Uh, yeah, George is one of these players that he's a fantastic player to watch, Dave. He's a he's a brilliant player, and we know that. And it's one of those Paul Paul Watton knows that he he was actually um, with us during preseason. He trained with the first team, um, which was which was really good. But in terms of the under 18s so yeah, the under 18s have got a game on the 26th, Dave. They are at home at Calliwith against Shadowwood Miners in the DGM League. So um, for them, it'd be nice to get a game on because I know they haven't played in a well, they've only played four games in the league all season. So um, at home to Chadderwood, who are their fifth in the league, Truro third, uh, Truro's record from four games, two wins and two defeats. So mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't look like they're going to win the league this year, Dave, but still got two games in hand on tour point. But either way, it's, um, I think it's, it's a weird league, isn't it, Dave? I think the fact they're not playing consistently enough is the, is the mm-hmm. downside, really, with it. And that, I think that's the case for all the teams, really. Both Saltash teams, Elbert and Tour Point Parkways. It's um it's not an ideal situation when you're having to wait weeks on end to play a game, but um yeah, here's what it is and so it'd be nice to see them hopefully get a get a game in on, on Sunday and hopefully continue, well get continue their winning form really because they had a good couple of results before the the uh, unnecessary break, but is what it is. <laughs> okay. Well thanks very much, Cam. And um well, let's let's keep our fingers crossed that next week we're a bit happier. Yeah, fingers crossed, Dave. And I said, keep the faith, really. The, the crew have been superb this season and um, two bad results aren't going to define our season. So hopefully we'll be a, in a good spirits next week. Yep, thanks to Cam there. Um, as always, giving us the lowdown on Truer City. Big week coming up for uh, the uh, Southern League Premier South side. Um, and uh, as Cam said there, keep the faith. From the Southern League to the Trelawney. We've got you covered. On to the Western League now. And, uh, well, it was uh, an interesting Saturday of results. League leaders Soltash were held to a one-all draw at Shepton Mallet, which means that uh, both uh, Mosel and Bridgewater made up a little bit of ground as they both won. Uh, Mosel getting a 3-0 win there at home against Ashton and Backwell. Uh, Elsewhere... There's an all Cornish affair. Millbrook uh, travelled to Bickland Park and came away from Falmouth with a 2-0 win. Jake Foster getting both the goals there. 
and uh, our Cornish sides were completed by Helston winning 4-1 at home to Ilfracombe Town a uh, convincing victory there at Callaway Park and uh, as I said uh, Torpoint unfortunately couldn't stop Bridgewater from winning up there in Somerset they went down 2-1 midweek was the uh, the interesting game for us here based in Cornwall as uh, it was a Les Phillips Cup tie between, well, they call them the rivals now. Certainly over recent seasons, they have built up a, a little bit of a, a rivalry. Um, it's Falmouth. They were at uh, Helston and uh, it finished 2-1 in favour of the home side. And uh, here's Dan Harrison straight after the match. Well, you left it late. Yeah, yeah, I think it's um, common occurrence against Falmouth, to be fair. Obviously, the FA Cup game we had earlier in the year, I think it was similar timings. Um, but yeah, we said to the lads before, it's, it's obviously a local derby and form goes out the window. I know they lost their last four on the bounce and it, 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 was, it wasn't going to be an easy game tonight. And uh, fair play to them, when they went down to 10 men and they had their lad going goal, I thought they're probably the better team for most of it. But you must have thought, let's pepper the goalie. Yeah, we just said to the lads, obviously, I think we've tested the keeper once, maybe twice second half, and one of them, Payne, hit it from 35 yards and it's gone in. So, disappointing we didn't um, utilise that more um, and, get, and get shots off outside the box, because obviously the lad's not a keeper. Um, so, yeah, we, sh- we should have tested him a lot more. That's probably one of the disappointing things for tonight. But, um, well, you had to wait a long time for the winning goal, but when it came, it was a, a Tom Payne special. Yeah, we've seen it a few times from Payne, to be fair. He's done it, I think he, he scored one like that against his old team, Millbrook, earlier on in the season. And, and we know the quality he's got in his left foot. Um, and he was itching to get on. Obviously, we took Matty off because Matty was on a yellow. And we knew the ref was going to try and even it up somewhere. And eventually, he did manage to even it up, which I think was a bit harsh. Um, but, yeah, we, we know the quality that Payne's got the left, left foot from set plays. And, uh, and yeah, he's hit it and he, he's rifled it in. And, well, couldn't be better timing. Although, they had a free kick after that. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those where you think, I think, I think Jordan Bentley got a superb header on it um, just to clear the lines and the ref blew up. So, um, so yeah, it, it, it's always going to be one of those games. It's a local derby. Um, I think we've played each other five times now. I think we've ended up winning three of them, if I'm right, and drawing one and losing one. So, not bad returns. So, um, happy with it overall. Yeah, you could play Farmers every game, couldn't you? Oh, yeah, I think I think someone said it earlier in the week in the podcast. I think it might have been Westy that this cup it's 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 regionalised, which I think yeah, you get the pot of death, you get us, uh, Maisel, Falmouth, uh, Buckland, Torpoint, and uh, and all the Cornish sides that we've already played three or four times this season. So so yeah, it's um it's not an easy group to get out of. So it's good to go into the next round, and I think we've got Buckland in the next one. I've seen they beat Torpoint six two this evening. Does it get tedious though playing the same team so many times? Yeah, I think uh, I think the nice thing about this one is we played Farmer so early on in the season so many times. It, we've had a little break from playing them, and obviously with, with the support they bring, it's nice. Whether it's even though it's the away fans, our lads get up for it because it's it's great to play in front of crowds. Do you know what I mean? So um, so yeah, it's nice. It, we've had a bit of a gap since we've last played them, and it was good to get it on again tonight. And as you said, Buckland in the next round, uh, have you played them this season or not? Yeah, yeah, we've played them a few times. I think we lost 4-0 at their place, uh, Matty Barr getting sent off early on. Um, and then we drew one all down here where they had a lad sent off as well and, and they defended it well, to be fair. But it's local to me, so I, I do get to see them quite a bit. And, and to be fair to them, they're on, they're on a great run at the moment and they're playing some good stuff. Yeah, so home game for you. Yeah, 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 just two minutes down the road. So, um, so yeah, it'll be nice. But, yeah, we, we know what to expect from there. Um, they're playing, they've got some great players there, and it'll be, it'll be a bit like this tonight, really. It'll, it'll be a feisty one. So, yeah, looking forward to it. 
And the beauty is, it, it's silverware to go for, isn't it? Yeah, we, we said to the lads, you know what I mean? We're obviously am, ambition is to finish as high as we can in the league, but we, we, we've got this next round of this cup now, and we've got the, um, the Cornish Cup semi-final coming up against Salt Ash at Newquay on the 14th of March, I think it is. So, so yeah, we, we, we've still got things to play for. There's nothing worse than getting to this stage of the season now and, uh, and not having anything to play for. So, so yeah, we, we're glad that we've still got things to play for and, uh, and hopefully, yeah, yeah, see what we can do in the two cups we're still in. And before that, who we got Saturday? We've got Sherbourne away Saturday, so yeah, it'll be a, a bit of a travel for the lads. Um, so Sherbourne away Saturday, and then a, a tough one away at Bridgewater Tuesday night. So two two long distances to travel um, over the next two games, but that's that's part and parcel of it. Do you know what I mean? So you, you want to play the levels, you've got to do the travelling. So. Yeah. There's a big thing made about this travelling, isn't it? Is it too much of a thing made about it? Uh, in my opinion, and it is only my opinion, I think so. I think, I think I've seen a few things. I, I can get the arguments um, for and against, definitely, but I've always been told if you want to play as high as you can, you've you got to do the travelling. I've left Torquay at seven in the morning to play at Cambridge when I was at Biddeford for six, seven years, do you know what I mean? So, so it's nothing new to me, and I, and I think the lads, I, think, I don't think it's the, the Cornish clubs in particular that are, that are sort of moaning about it. Thanks to Dan. Of course, Dan is uh, assistant manager there at Helston. Unfortunately, Dan, though, you're going to have to travel for the next um, tie in the uh, Les Phillips Cup for Helston because you're not at Buckland, it's at Helston and uh, it's due to be played on Tuesday the 28th of March. That's a quarterfinal tie, Helston against Buckland. The other games, Brislington take on Canesham, Ilfracombe play Clevedon and uh, Shepton Mallet are already through to the semi-finals. Those cup ties, uh, well, the Ilfracombe one isn't until the 18th of April, so uh, plenty of time to mull over what might be happening in that competition. There wasn't plenty of time for Tom and Ear, though, because, uh, again, straight after the game, Falmouth uh, central defender, I got him on the microphone. Late goal, Tom. Seems every time we seem to play Elston, something's happened in the last five minutes. FA Cup tonight, obviously two good teams always battling out for 90 minutes. Just one of these things not going our way. Two sending offs, um, a goal apiece, and then right at the very end, a free kick. Did it? Did it go through everyone, or was there a deflection, or what? I think we've set up two, maybe three in the wall, and he's hit it. He's hit it quite hard, and the way he's hit it, it's moved. And then Scott's just been. Uh, slipped across the goal and then not been able to get back but both teams had chances to score Josh Story's had one I cleared off the line we've had a couple just it could have been three all it's just one of those games really yeah a cup tie as you would yeah, say as you would say yeah um, I think like the sending offs did change it um, when we get down to ten men we're, we're going to slow the game down we're going to we're going to do what we have to do um, then he's evened it up with 25 minutes to go and I think I think they were a bit rattled. They were slowing it down. They, they were time wasting. I think they were hoping for penalties. Obviously, with Scott being in goal for us, and they had a they had Kyle in goal. So I think that's what they were playing out for. They never really tested Scott, though, did they? No, I don't think they had a shot. Um, they had a few crosses that we've that we've cleared and won the headers. But yeah, like you said, no no shots other than the free kick, which is 35 yards out in the last minute. And uh, what? Well, someone's happy in the change rooms. That's your change room, isn't it? I mean, the, the team spirit these boys have got, obviously losing five in a row, you could say that we would be down in the dumps, but the, the group that we've got is, is unreal. Look, we all get on, we're all good friends, and we try and play football the right way. And everyone back for today as well, weren't they? Well, yeah, obviously, poor Ollie Walker's uh, got a job in London. He's a bit, a bit selfish, I think. Um, Tom Moxham injured his knee against Buckland. Um, 
I don't think as bad as first feared so hopefully a couple of weeks and he should be back but yeah Barner and Tim being back is a, is a, makes a different game for us and three games on the road now I think yes I think it's uh, Cadbury Heath away Wellington away and Street away you might as well stay up there oh exactly yeah it's, it does seem that way I, I don't know why because we got Cadbury Heath at home on Good Friday I don't really know why they've moved the Salt Ash game but eight games in February is always good fun isn't it but as you said, you did score a goal. That was the first goal in five games. Uh, uh, can you take anything else out of the game or not? Oh, definitely. We've we've created chances. We've we come with a game plan. They play through at the back. We've we play the way we do with Tim and Barner and Braben High and getting behind them. And that's like we've had chances. It's not as if we've come here and gone. Oh, okay. We were lucky. It was only two one. But another day we could have won two one. Yes, again, thanks to Tom for talking to us straight after the match there. Um, Les Phillips cup tie at Helston. Falmouth went down 2-1. Now, I mentioned there of games coming up for Falmouth. They haven't actually got a midweek game, but um, they do play on Saturday. They're away at Cadbury Heath um, for our other Cornish sides. Uh, Mosul, now they travel to Buckland. That's going to be an interesting uh, testing game for the Seagulls to see... Uh, if they can come through that one, uh, they'll be doing well and, uh, you know, their hunt for the title. Um, elsewhere, Tor Point uh, on the road again, this time up to North Devon, Ilfracombe Town. Millbrook are home. They take on Welton Rovers, whilst uh, Helston travel, as uh, Dan told us, Sherbourne Town is uh, where they are off on Saturday. Now, midweek, there's also games coming up, uh, lots of games coming up uh, in the Western League these days in the midweek. And uh, Tor Point, again, they're away. This time they're at Buckland. There's an all-Cornish affair at uh, the Waterway Stadium there at uh, Saltash. They play Millbrook. And uh, capping it all off, um, we have Helston, as uh, Dan mentioned. They travel to Bridgewater. Now, that's going to be an interesting game. Can Helston show us how good they really are by uh, getting something out of that match up there at Bridgewater? If they do, they'll be giving uh, or doing a favour to both Saltash and uh, Mausel. So it'll be interesting to see how they get on there. Next Tuesday, up at Bridgewater, kick-off 7.45. You can subscribe to the Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix podcast. Search for Cornish Soccer Talking Football. Now we move on into uh, step six level football and uh, it's, of course, the Southwest Peninsula League and that means it's Secretary Phil Hiscox. Well, um, I'm trying to think what we... Have we got much to talk about, Phil, or not? I'm not sure no, that we it, have. It's easy doing this job. Yeah, no, no headaches at all. No <laughs> well, that's not the Phil Hiscox I saw rushing around at the end of the, <laughs> in the Bobby Tracy clubhouse last Saturday when uh, you were preparing yourself for the draw for the League Cup and all of a sudden news from St Blasey came to you. Yes, yes I, I did joke a couple of days ago that at least the one thing that they always should do is delay the Wobbsy Bobby's Cup draw. <laughs> yeah. Yes, deeply frustrating. I mean, obviously, you, as you know, I wasn't there. You weren't there. We were both at Bobby Tracy versus Lascard. Um, so we can only rely really on, on reports and, and um, dare I say, speculation. Um, and, we, and of course, it, because they are quite serious charges, we, we can't speculate. So, hmm. yeah. I mean, all, all we do know, obviously, is the game was abandoned. And that's a, a matter of fact. Um, 
that Cornwall FA, uh, I, I've got a sort of emergency number for both county FAs for a you know, day they're closed. You know, they're closed on a Saturday or a Sunday just to give them a heads up of, of any big problems like that. Obviously, it's just a routine yellow cards. I, I don't bother them. But, mm. but with one of the few occasions where I did speak to the chap at Cornwall on his mobile on Saturday, so he was forewarned. Um, but then, obviously, on Monday they've issued a statement, which is fair enough. Um, the only thing I would say, uh, and he, he hinted it in his statement, is that there's a time scale with these things. Mm. Uh, game should be resolved within 28 days, so that the two clubs know what's happening in terms of the points or replaying the game, because both are possible. Mm. Um, but. They, they, they've got 28 days to resolve it, which is a lot shorter than, than a, like an ordinary red card appeal or something. When you could sort of make these phone calls to the FAs, what's the instant reaction from them? Uh, sugar. Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> or, or other similar words. Right, yes. Right. Slightly... I mean, it, 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 it's that part of that protocol, isn't it? it, it it's... It, you know, over the years, we've we've had that that sort of behaviour. We've had, um, uh, well, we can, I can think of two occasions where players have, have, have beaten up spectators. So that's the sort of thing you'd bring them up. Um, you, you know, the one you're talking about. There was another one in Devon. I can remember, I can recall similar. Um, the other one that tends to trigger that sort of emergency phone call would be something like a, a racial incident or a sexist incident. Mm. Um, you know, say I'm not expecting them to do anything, but it is useful to just get the wheels in motion and, and make sure the people that are going to be dealing with this are aware, so you can start creating the evidence and and, and watch. These days, watching social media to see what's said and what isn't said. Yeah. And I'll thank you for very quickly deleting one tweet last Saturday. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Well, I saw that tweet and I thought. Oh, just hang fire before you say anything on social media, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that, I say that's something that, that, you know, 10, 15 years ago, we didn't bother about so much. No, that's true. It wasn't as prevalent, but but now these days, you've got to be so careful. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I always think on a Saturday afternoon, there was a league account on the Twitter, and you, you, I like tweets where a team says, I don't know, Liscard won, Callington nil. Fred Bloggs scored 17th minute. That's great. That's factual. I can just check the tweet. Yeah. But when you start seeing ones about, oh, he's, the referee's setting the player off for no reason or something, or the referee's having a stinker, you can't retweet it. You can't press like. You've got to... Mm. And sometimes that might include the fact that there's been a goal scored. So then I just almost have to retweet, or not retweet that, write a new tweet saying, this guy had a 1-0 up without mentioning <laughs> the fact that somebody thought it was a dodgy penalty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. And the as far as the league goes in this St. Blasey Butte uh, matter, then um, obviously the, the counties sort out the 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 discipline side of things and and that do they leave it to the league to decide what happens to the points and that sort of thing? Yeah, in a, in effect, they, they've got a time scale with the abandoned game to, to deal with it. So so that's uh, that's twenty eight days. So that's you know we know roughly when that when that expires, and then effectively whatever they've dealt with will produce one of two outcomes. Really, either the the conduct caused the game to be abandoned and they've got, for want of a better word, a conviction 
Um, you know, they've either one club's accepted guilty or they've had a hearing and that club's been found guilty, in which case, in the standardised rules, the league can then award the game either at the time of the abandonment or just to the non-offending club. Um, now, we'll f- in that particular game, we know Sublazy were winning, so really it doesn't really matter whether I, I count the, the t- result of the time of the abandonment or award, because it would equal the same amount, wouldn't it? It would mm. still be three points to Sublazy. Um, on the other hand, if they don't get that particular conviction that they caused, not, not that there was no misconduct, but that it didn't cause the game to be abandoned or shouldn't have caused the game to be abandoned, then the, the, the rule allows for the league to reschedule the game rather than award points because there's nobody found responsible for causing the mm. abandonment. Uh, and the only caveat, we can't issue any, any punishment ourselves or anything like that because that's for the county. What you can do, or, or if you have to replay a game, is put in any reasonable conditions on the rematch. So, for example, you, you see uh, in, on the biggest stage where if it was crowd trouble, you could order the game to be played behind closed doors. Oh, right. Yeah. That, that won't happen in this case because no, no. it was crowd trouble. Um, but you could, for example, and I'm only using this as an example, you could decide that um, uh, if the game had to be replayed, that the league would appoint a fourth official. <laughs> you know, if you felt that that was a reasonable um, restriction or, 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 you know, to ensure that the game went off smoothly the next time sort of thing. Mm. I like. I did chuckle at the suggestion on the Cornwall Football Forum that uh, is it possible that it may be that they'll come back and just finish the, the rest of the game? Absolutely so. not. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, actually, can I clarify on that one as well? Because people keep going on about 70 minutes. Yes, I'm glad you're going to do, say tell us There's this. There's no such rule anymore <laughs> for an abandoned game. Now, what, what it does... The 70 minutes does kick in if you, the two clubs agreed a shorter period of time to play the game. So, for example, I had one a few years ago. Uh, there was a North Devon team at Dartmouth on the last side of the season. They got caught up in the traffic and they had booked some sort of hotel for the end of season meal on the way back oh, right. to use their fine money. Yeah. And because they kicked off late, they basically went to the referee and and the opponent and Dartmouth and said, "Look, to be honest, the result ain't going to mean anything. What can we do?" And they said, "Right, okay, well we'll play thirty five minutes each way, and then you, you know, hmm. instead of twenty past three, we're still going to finish at the right time." Uh, and, and in that case, because it was agreed before before the game kicked off, no problems at all. Seventy minutes counts, and if they were, you know, one nil down and pressing, tough luck. You agreed seventy minutes. Hmm. You got. But it sort of thing. Um, now, in the case of an abandoned game where you don't necessarily get two equal halves and things, what the, the standardised rule says is that a league can order the game to be replayed in its entirety, or award the game at the time with the score at the time of the abandonment if it does no material injustice. So, in the case of Sublazy Butte, it would cause an injustice because Sublazy are potentially going to be in the prize money promotion position. Uh, So therefore, and Bude themselves aren't out of it. But let's say it was, again, late in the season, um, the floodlights went out on Camelford versus Mullion, shall we say, at Mm. the end of the season. And you could look at the league table and say, look, Nylon's going to finish the prize prize money position. Nylon's in relegation trouble. We're not going to make Mullion go back. 
know, it, I don't know, let's say it was 1 1 at the time. And that wouldn't matter if they played 10 minutes or 89 minutes. The question is, does it do a material injustice? Hmm. Uh, yeah, because I must admit, the, yeah, everyone was saying up there on Saturday, oh, well, they played, you know, did they play 70 minutes or whatever, you know? Um, and I yeah, said so to that, someone, no, that's a load of rubbish. So, yeah, that, so that only kicks in if you were were agreed in advance, or and by in advance, I mean before kickoff, yeah. to, to play a shortened period of time. And, and you can, the league rule is 90, the minimum is 70. So mm-hmm. you could agree to have two 40 minute halves or two 35 minute halves if. if um, circumstances dictated. Uh, I'm just thinking as well. There's, um, we've still got one or two clubs. Hopefully, that they're now putting their floodlights up. But if you were playing a six thirty at the end of the season and it got dark, mm. you, or particularly if a team arrived slightly late, you could just sort of say, "Well, look, we're going to play forty minutes each way, just to, to make sure we finish." Or yeah, okay. and that would be absolutely fine if, if agreed in advance with the referee. Right. Okay, so uh, we'll wait to hear more on the uh, St. Blasey Bude affair. Um, the other subject, which probably you, you, you know you're fed up with talking about this week, is the uh, the merger is off. It is off. Yes, it is off. Um, I mean, more than enough has been said. The, the only thing, and I, I, I thought long and hard about what to tell you on this one. I don't normally. I just normally. But I have thought long and hard. All I would want to say is um, I find it very, very unfortunate that it came to this outcome. And in particular, taking note of what the Western League statement was, I would like, and, and I know some people have seen this, but, but not for public knowledge, but I would like it to be known to all our listeners that yeah, an offer was made for me to do just the fixtures, result sheets, registrations and transfers, what I would call the day-to-day running of the league as the football secretary, and give up all the other jobs I currently do for the Peninsula League, like the website, the Benevolent Fund, company secretary, writing the minutes, all, all those ex, you know, ordering trophies and medals, all those other jobs I was willing to give up. Uh, and what I find really, really unfortunate is, is that the Western League will keep going back to that without actually ever admitting that they ever allowed a discussion at the steering group. Uh, and that's the one thing that grates me about it all, really, is that these things, as a merger, if it was a genuine merger, they would have been discussed at a steering group and a decision would have been made, not cast out, out of hand that that's not happening. Because one of their concerns was that um, they didn't want one person doing, well, doing everything almost, did they? Yeah. But, but I did, I never suggested I would. I, I suggested I'd give up lots of other jobs and concentrate on the day-to-day running. See, the other thing is, is the Western League model, which I understand, it theirs relies on a variety of officers, each getting an honorarium and expenses and doing parts of the role. The Peninsula League model operates on a part-time salary for one person doing those roles. Now, I'm not going to say ours is the, the correct method, theirs is the correct method. What I would say is, as a genuine merger, it should have been discussed openly at a committee meeting, not dismissed out of hand. Right. And with the increase in clubs involved, would you have been able to, to 
carry out that role? Doing, you know, yes, because it would have been a lot more involved. It would, that was exactly what I was suggesting, was that if I, if I gave up all the peripheral jobs and just concentrated on fixtures, result sheets, registrations and transfers. So remember, certainly registrations and transfers these days with the whole game system, albeit allowing for its glitches, is a fairly automated process. Yeah, I felt confident. And like, but like I say, whether I was right or wrong, it still should have been discussed as right. part of the steering committee. And that's that's really where where the, the, the lack of goodwill started, but the, the fact that things decisions were made not in the steering committee. All right. Okay. And the FA, well, it sounds as if they didn't really get that much involved. They they almost said, right, this that's it. We're not going to be yeah. doing anything this season. Yeah. Uh, the only thing I would say it was interesting because I wasn't aware of it until the Western League tweeted it. Um, the letter that the Western League had, which they published, was different to the letter I had. Uh, we had suggested as a, as a sort of way to keep the project alive for the moment, pending you know solving all the, the longer term problems, was that basically we kept the same structure. Uh, and that the Peninsula League ran in the south and the Western League ran in the north. Um, the ours was refused on the grounds that it would take time to change the National League system regulations to allow that to happen, and there wasn't a time frame for it to happen. The Western League one, uh, and I don't think people have picked up on this, was basically that they were going to have too many divisions, one in the north, one in the south, to reduce travel. So yeah, when we joke about Falmouth and Houston playing each other, regularly they would have been potentially like scottish league style too many divisions and then presumably some sort of playoff between the teams in the second half of the season oh right that's what their proposal was and now, now interesting this is what was different in the letters the letter to the published to the western league said theirs was refused on the grounds of sporting integrity Right. That sentence. That sentence was not in the letter sent to the Plinsula League. Sporting integrity. Yes. So I'm. I'm assuming then that what the FA is saying is that that process of deciding who's the champion and the runner-up is different than the normal course of you would expect of a full league with a full league table, All because right. it would have been splitting the yeah. league into two groups. I don't think the clubs would have liked that idea much, would they? But, well, as I say, I'm surprised yeah. that had, that's there in their in their statement. Right. Um, but it, it doesn't seem, people don't seem to have picked up on it. No. Hmm. Okay. So where are we now then? What uh, is the Southwest Peninsula League going to um, put in a case to have a step five division in time to come or what? Uh, I, I think that's, a likely scenario. What I would say is, at this moment in time, the FA have said they want to consult with the member clubs of both leagues. We're fully supportive of that because the, the clubs are the ones that should decide. Uh, and I'm also a believer, and I know it causes some clubs more problems than others. But whatever the solution is, needs to be right. And if that does take longer. To, to come up with, then you know, I'm afraid that that's still the you know getting it right is more important than than a quick fix this summer. Mm. Do you think you've let your clubs down? I offered to resign. I, I, I resigned from the steering committee, and I offered to resign and walk away in order to not be an obstacle. Um, and that 
broke my heart. I had sleepless nights when I when I made that offer. Um, I have to say the support from the clubs in the Peninsula League, uh, and not just those on the board, but and not just those in Devon or Cornwall, but throughout, was absolutely heartwarming. And I I realised that the clubs want me to stay. Uh, the clubs realise what what's gone on here. Uh, and it's only for them. I've got no ambition in life. I'm, I'm very nearly you know, knocking on to getting on towards retirement age. I'm not going to be chairman of the FA or, or <laughs> chief executive of the Premier League. I, I've never been a chairman of a league. I don't want to be a chairman of the league. I actually quite enjoy the football admin yeah we have those saturday mornings don't we where and we've had a few recently where the, the, it's chucking it down with rain or the pitches are frozen and it's all this you know pitch inspection here game on here game off there i actually quite enjoy all that <laughs> the adrenaline starts going wired up wrong i agree with that. <laughs> but and that's what you know that that's the frustrating thing is i just I, I, it's almost like a, 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 a nightmare that I'm going to wake up from, really, that I've offered, without bigging myself up, I've done this job for 30 years and I've offered to carry on and do the job. I just don't understand why I wouldn't be allowed to. <laughs> just, it's, it, 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 it doesn't, doesn't bother me, I'm afraid. Mm. Perhaps I'm missing something. If I am, somebody tell me, please. But <laughs> I, I, I think where a lot of us are a bit mystified is why wasn't the subject of, the, of who was going to do the roles discussed a lot earlier? Yes, yeah. I mean, to be fair, at the meetings, they kept on about the, the fact that the general secretary of the Western League was retiring and they assumed I would do it. But I kept saying, I'm not, A, I, I wonder what the job description of that role is, but I'm a football man. Hmm. I'm a football man. I'm, I'm, I, 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 hmm. yeah, I'll, I'll do minutes and I'll do sitting in committees, of course, so that's part and parcel of it. But it, it, it's, that daily contact with clubs it, it's solving registrations and transfers it's that this morning of you know agreeing and, and making the, the the process for carrington and st blazy to play next friday rather than next saturday that's what i like and i, I would have to say i think i'm good at it and and one final question before we move on the other alternative of you know who who would be doing this role from the western league side of things how many years experience have they got? I, I, don't, I don't want to get involved. Uh, right. I, I know what you're saying, but the, 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 those clubs in the Western League know who do, does their fixtures now and, and how they're done. And interestingly, a lot of them know, uh, in the last recent years have, have worked with me in the Peninsula League, and it's for them to make a judgment. But all I would say is it, it's, it, it's not a him or me argument, which should have been discussed at a steering committee. Hmm. and democratically agreed. And if I lost out, then I'd have lost out. But I didn't lose out by a discussion. It was ruled out Okay. by one party. Right. Let's move on then, shall we? Yes, um, please move on. Yeah. Please move on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But interesting, interesting to hear that you offered to resign. That 
shows how serious the, the matter was. Now, um, well, with your admin hat on, League Cup draw was made last Saturday amongst... Oh, let's talk football, Dave. Amiz, let's talk football. Amongst all the excitement of other stuff going on, the League Cup draw was made. It was always going to be a quick one because there's only 14 or two ties yes. left in it. Um, now, there is at the moment five teams left in the, in the draw, isn't there? Because we've got one game coming up, have we? Yeah, this coming Tuesday, uh, Elbert and Versailles Captain will complete the, the draw or, or the quarterfinal lineup on, not quarterfinal results, sorry. Um, that's Tuesday night, the 28th of February. And the winners of that will be playing Axminster. And I've already chosen Bobby Tracy as the venue for that. Obviously, Axminster is very far east. So yeah. you, you, you've got a limit to how far you can send them. So. I'd have to say if it's Elberton, it's almost halfway between them. Oakhampton is is slightly off at a tangent, but they've got to get somewhere. And, and mileage-wise, it would be about in the middle. Mm-hmm. And the other one, probably the tie of the round, I'd say Liscard Athletic versus Newton Abbott Spurs. Uh, and that will be played at Ivy Bridge. Right. Again, it's, it's pretty well bang in the middle, isn't it? Yeah. And they those ties are when? Uh, the Liscard game is on Tuesday the 28th of March and the Axminster Elbert Noro Campton is the following night the 29th of March right okay so there's a sort of hierarchy because of when the dates of the cup finals are so the Cornwall Senior Cup is has their semi-finals first in March because their final is the first and then the Devon St Luke's is the following week because their final is a little bit later and then the Walsley Parsons is the last midweek in March because their final is in the beginning of May so it means it's sort of it, it all fits a, a flow chart as it were right okay um where where else have you been this week? Uh, have you been anywhere else? No, well, there hasn't been any midweek peninsula football, has there? Uh, well, oh, yes, no, there has. Went, yes, yeah, there yeah, has. Yeah, Dog yeah, Wars, uh, yes. Uh, yeah, I went, um, obviously, I was obviously probably tracing this guard on Saturday. I had a little trip out to Taunton versus Oxford City on Tuesday because there wasn't any peninsula league on Tuesday. Um, my friend Martin, who, who often ferries me and things to games he's involved with Taunton, and he invited me up. So I just took a Tuesday when, when we didn't have a game. Uh, to, to do that uh, and then Wednesday night Dog Balls versus Bodmin quite wet and miserable for the part of the game but a good game and, and a cracking hat-trick from this lad Pritchard mm. um, he really took certainly the first and third goals very very well um, uh, so yeah that, that was good I hadn't been to Dog how did the scoring go in that game uh Dobbles 1-0 half-time, 2-0 very early in the second half, almost from kick-off, or 47 minutes. Um, Then Bodmin pulled one back about 75-ish, so you thought the game was on, and then about 80-ish, it wasn't back on because Dobbles made it 3-1. Right. And I noticed on the forum, the predictions, uh, this was quite an even one as such. Um, How are Bodmin looking these days? I'm not that bad. I, I must admit, I'm, I'm, I'm probably getting banned now from going to watch Goldman, <laughs> but I saw them against some lazy where they got beaten. Uh, I'm pretty sure they, they've had three straight wins, and then I saw them at Dobbles where they got beaten. Ah, so it was all my fault. It's your fault, right. <laughs> Everything's my fault. I'll work that out. <laughs> That's right. That's right. OK, so uh, where are you off to in the next uh, seven days? Uh, quite a busy week, really. Um, Saturday, I've got a lift with my uh, my match officials director who's assessing the referee at Torridge side versus Elburton. Um, I have to say it's not a high-profile game, <laughs> but Torridge side is one of a handful of grounds I haven't been to this season. So right. tick that one off while I've got a lift. It's have you got many left to. to tick off? 
Uh, four or five. Oh, right. And, uh, yeah. So that that's that's good. Um, so that's that one. A Tuesday night, uh, Albert No Campton yep. to finish the cup, and then Wednesday night, uh, and a little plug. I know I know this is a Cornish soccer forum, but uh, just a, a little bit for those that do listen elsewhere. Honiton Town versus Axminster Town is the first floodlit game at Mountbatten Park. This is the club that the poor ones that, that managed to put the floodlights up in like September, October and Western Power took forever to connect them. <laughs> but I, I've seen the footage. They are now working right. and they've got their first floodlit game on Wednesday night. Right. What time kickoff's at? 7.30 and it should be at least one. They had a postponement against Axminster over Christmas so that's a bit of a local derby so they should get a good crowd for that one really. Right. Okay. And I have to say uh, first time I've been to Bobby Tracy uh, last Saturday. Nice little setup. Yeah, I thought you'd be quite impressed. The uh, picture was lovely, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, certainly, um, you know, the work they've done on it was, well, paying dividends but didn't come cheap did it? I was talking to Nigel uh, after the match and uh, a lot of money involved in all these things, it's all these projects. Money, a lot of and a lot of paperwork and, and time scales with these projects. I mean, this is what, you know, it's, it's all very well saying these grants are available. And they are, and, and you know, fair pay to them, but you've got to have people in the background willing to, to put in the hours and spade work to to get the grants and to make the arrangements. I mean, remember what if Bobby would have lost money playing almost half a season at Coach Road whilst the work was being done and, and not getting the revenue across the bar and the tee up and things mm. for those games. Yeah. Are there experts that could give advice on grant form filling and that sort of thing? Well, I, I haven't seen any more recently, but back along there used to be people who were like consultants who would take like a, a percentage of me I, I don't know whether the football foundation frown on that now right um but certainly i i, I, mean, I would advise a club that, that's looking to grant aid and hasn't really got the person to do it to perhaps yeah pick up the phone to, to a club that has done it and just get a few tips because yeah, yeah that's you know, true off the on i've always great believe that on the pitch you know we we expect them to be competitive and you know try and win and all the rest of it but off the pitch we should be helping each other yeah uh, and certainly things like grant aid and stuff you know give some tips i mean down in Cornwall, you know, you only have to look at Peter Thorne and, and where he gets grants from at Wendron. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hats off to the guy. Hats mm. off to it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, certainly. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, any club that, that is struggling to think where they could get the money from, go, go, go buy Peter a, a whiskey or whatever he drinks <laughs> and, and get the secrets out of him. <laughs> yeah, get a bone for his dog. So yeah, get a bone for his dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, uh, there was one other thing I was trying to think I was going to ask you, but I can't remember what it was now. So um, I think uh, that's pretty much it then, Phil, isn't it? Lots. I believe uh, that was the next week then. Yeah, yeah that's right. Week. Obviously, it wasn't that important. But um, yeah, lots of discussion today. Thanks for telling us what you have. And um, well, um, you go and have a whiskey. Well, I don't drink. But <laughs> I'll, I'll go I'll have a nice cup of tea. Right. Go and have a nice cup of tea. And thanks very much, yeah. Phil. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Thanks to Phil there. Obviously, uh, another busy week for the administration man of the Southwest Peninsula League. Um, that abandonment of uh, Sibleisi at home to Bude. It'll be interesting to see what the outcome of that is. Uh, of course, the merger is off, as uh, Phil has mentioned. And, um, well, there we have it from the man himself that he did offer his resignation. So um, it was serious stuff um, happening over the last couple of weeks uh, between the Peninsula League and the Western League. Let's hear from uh, a club 
about what the ramifications are of the merger not going ahead. It's a Weybridge town. We all know that they have sort of geared themselves up for promotion. It isn't going to happen this time around unless they win the league, of course. But um, it doesn't look as if uh, the Bedeve Park Club are going to be able to do that. But we do want to know what it means to the likes of Weybridge, who are not now going to be playing in the Western Peninsula next season. Now then, obviously the uh, news this week that the merger between the Western League and the Southwest Peninsula League is off will affect a few clubs. One of them is Weybridge Town. And uh, welcome to the podcast, Steve Cudmore. I assume you're disappointed. I am, Dave. Good morning to you. Yes, very disappointed. I had a few texts flying around last night from Rowie and obviously we've been talking it the last few weeks since the uh, since it all blew up a couple of weeks ago with the, the letter from um, Phil Hiscott because up till then obviously everything was going well our second football secretary Andy Old is on the board so it was all looking good everybody was excited great season going on not just for us but a lot of the clubs and well what's happened is well it's a shambles <laughs> Yeah, because you, you'd geared yourselves up, hadn't you, at the start of this season for, you know, get, finishing in those top four places. We did. We've sort of been um, planning, you know, for a while. I, I think I said to you last time we spoke that probably in my chairmanship, we've never been a team that have been pushing a lot at the top. And circumstances this year allowed us to to build on what we had. We've obviously got a fairly strong squad. We really did improve it and brought some of the lads in, some new faces. It was great to have Steve Simmons back. Obviously, was a big part of the plan. Um, having started with us before he went off to Bobman. Um, so, yeah, so we, we like plenty of other clubs. I think it's not just us. No. We, we sort of laid out a plan. I mean, the whole club. But, I mean, I think that's the bit that I find disappointing is is this thing has obviously come down to egos, which is it's loads of clubs, the clubs that we don't know. I don't know their names up around Bristol. They have to travel to Mosul. The, the whole principle of what they were trying to achieve, we bought into for everybody's sake, because if you do want to go higher, and, and Weybridge does, um, higher than the Western League, as high as we can get on sound basic principles that we've got the money and, and the backup and the structure and the sustainability to do it. We're running 20 teams at the moment. That's 16 kids teams. Uh, ladies, second team we've started again this year, which has always been our aim to get that going again, to keep our local players. Um, the first team squad, people like Sam Gherkin, 350-odd games. Um, you know, good lad. Had his chances, dual signed for Mosul this year. Um, play, playing the best football he's probably played for a year or two at right back. Again, because we got a stronger team, they're all looking forward to it. Um, and it was an exciting finish because it's not guaranteed we'd be in that top four. Mm. So I'm sure other clubs must feel like it. And I've got nothing but respect for Philly Scott. He's, he's been a great guy for doing the league. And I don't know the Western League boys, but reading some of the the correspondence on the, the sites, it seems to me that, you know, Phil wrote his letter because he was disappointed that his, the promise had been broken to him. But then everybody threw their toys out of the pram. And I think if they'd had their meeting, it could have been sorted, it sounds to me. But I'm not obviously privy to that stuff. But a lot of clubs have suffered by this decision. And it just doesn't make sense. 
No, have you actually spoken to any other clubs or to get the feeling no, or what? No, no, it's just one of those things. I, I tend to, because you hear so many rumours and innuendos about clubs spending this and doing that, it never bothers me, never has. I do what, what I think is best for Waybridge. With my fellow committee people like Franksy and the rest of us, we we listen and we carry on, but we, we're part of collective responsibilities of the league and we take our responsibilities um, probably we've got the the charity bowl final I think this year in May and like I said I got respect for all of them I know a lot of them obviously over the years that have done it but it just doesn't seem right the way this has happened right at the end hmm. um, it does, do you agree I mean you know it, it doesn't seem right to me and a lot of clubs are going to suffer with this decision because you probably know better than me but you take what Truro did. And if a club wants to go higher, like Mosul, the way they've come up through the last few years, what a great setup they've got, a great bunch of people doing well. And they'll still do that if they, you know, if they can afford to do it and, and keep the sustainability going. Um, and that's where we're at, at the moment. We've got some good plans. We're pricing up in the, at the moment, putting an all-weather pitch on the main stadium and build a new clubhouse, um, hopefully for the start of next season. But it's, uh, as Rowie said, he's going to have it find it hard to keep our squad together because some of the young ones that we've signed are looking to play at that higher level, you know, and we had, let's like say, six six of our team two weeks ago, we're playing in the Western League for various other teams. <laughs> Gertz and Dilly for Mosul and Jacob Rowe at Falmouth and Rob Rosier, our goalie, was at Saltash because their goalie was suspended. So those boys, you know, they deserve a go at it, but... Um, so, yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. So there, there could be a serious knock-on effect for the likes of yourselves. Well, I'm suggesting that obviously Weybridge Town are going to be affected because you aren't going to be going up. I mean, there is still an opportunity that you, you, you could end up champions, but it's a slim hope now, isn't oh, it, with the slim, other teams? Yes. So, so the knock-on effect could be that you're looking at a completely different squad next season. Exactly. I'd say, Robbie's had a few chats with me and we should do our best, but... But again, we over the years we've we have lost several good players to to better teams, and I'm a great believer in that. If they go to a higher league, you've done your best. I mean, we've got you know Tom Strait, another one. He went with Tavi last year and the year before, but came back again. We've got a really good and um, balanced squad there at the moment. You know, people like Kyle Flew, Jack Bowie are coming on Saturday. A strong bench. We've we've you know we've worked hard to get what we've got and they're a good bunch of lads it'd be great to keep them together as you know we give Salt Ash a bit of a run in the cup the other day <laughs> so it is disappointing but as I say it's not just about way bridges I feel for those people who are saying you know about the travelling from Bristol to Mosul um, because as I understand it the two step five leagues would have enabled clubs who wanted to go up and could afford to go up to to do so mm. Well, so um, it, it's a bit of a rethink than for the likes of uh, Weybridge. Um, and I guess, well, you must have been hoping that the two leagues could have ended up uh, amicably about all this. Uh, do you think the FA could have done a bit more? Definitely. I thought um, they were, to be honest. That was the buzz at the football club on Saturday, was that the FA were stepping in and going to sort them out. You know, to sit him down and, and get this right. Obviously, we all know Phil's a terrific guy um, at what he does. Um, but I don't know their setup. You know what I mean? I mean, and mm. it was like I pointed out to somebody else Saturday was on a bit. I mean, the Western League are step five and we're step six. So 
you can understand their point of view of wanting the top jobs if, if that's what it's all about. But you'd think the FA or somebody would have stepped in and um, been a bit of an ambassador and got them around the table and got them, because I'm sure they're all there for the good of football. They don't make a lot of money, I don't suppose. So, But uh, what's happened is probably the worst thing at the moment. Yeah, and and what's happened, the only ones really that have lost out are the clubs. Exactly. All the clubs, like I say, not just us. No. It's, it's the travelling, it's the yeah, the managers, you know, like I say, if I, poor old Roe been on this morning again, he's absolutely gutted. The hard work they've put in, players we signed with a long-term future, we didn't sign them for this year, we signed them because we were hoping to make plans going forward, but we still will, we'll bounce back just be uh, try and win the league next year <laughs> <laughs> right okay well, we that, yeah well let's end on that note steve uh, try Thank and win you, the Dave. league next year that's that's your goal now by the sounds of things disappointment yes. but you have to well you've been in football a long time haven't you you've got to go on and and you, you move on don't you we do yeah thanks to steve there for coming on the podcast telling us what um the merger being cancelled might mean to the likes of a club like Weybridge but it doesn't matter now. It's just the champions that will be going up and uh, we'll have to wait and see a few more weeks yet before uh, we know who that is. In the meantime, we do know that there is cup action coming up uh, this midweek. Phil Hiscox has already told us he's going to be at the game and so is Lewis Edwards. Let's go back to, well, to use his own terminology, our Walter Parsons Cup hotline specialist it's uh lewis edwards from alberton villa hey dave you're right i wish i hadn't used that <laughs> well there you go but uh no we're, we're more than glad to get you on and um well i i can understand why you want to talk league cup football at the moment because uh villa are still in it aren't they yeah um i think that the, obviously last game was boxing day um at ivory bridge so it, and i'm struggling to recount the games before that that were the cup um, because it's been a bit of stop start last few months but um, yeah I mean we've done again I was on earlier in the year with you and um, we've done pretty well in the cups and this one being included so um, yeah it's it's a nice one to be involved in tough test next but um, we'll see how we get on really yeah, you've beaten Holsworthy and you've beaten Ivybridge. I'll tell you that uh, in your run to uh, the quarterfinals. And uh, well, Ivybridge, they're not doing too bad this season. So why not beat Oakhampton as well? Yeah, it was, it was a good scalp for us. Um, we played really well um, up at Ivybridge. They, we know what they're like. They're, they're a young side. They like, love to get the ball down, play through the thirds. Um, and, and we just stifled them really well. Um, probably wasn't a nice, attractive game to watch probably uh, for football purists uh, I don't think people would have been you know too much of a fan of the way we played but um, you know we dug really deep and we would deserve winners in my opinion um, and yeah as you say we've got Oakhampton next and we lost 1-0 to start at the very first game of the season I'll openly admit I missed the open goal so it probably shouldn't have been um, <laughs> a 1-0 loss but yeah they're, they're obviously flying high really really hard test but um, you know our form's really good at the moment Um yeah, you know, the, the table lies a little bit. I think, um, you know, we would deserve where we were to be at the start of the season. A pretty bad start, but on latest form, um, we're, we're doing really well. So, you know, we'll we'll continue to play that way. Um, and we've got them next Tuesday. Yeah, you know, again, everyone will think we're the underdogs, and probably quite rightly so. Um, but we'll see how we get on. 
Yeah, before that, you got a, a league game Saturday, haven't you, against uh, Torridge side? Um, but as you say, you're you're on a run of form at the moment, unbeaten for five games as we're speaking, and not conceding many goals. Yeah, we've been quite resolute, and as I said, it goes back to the the game at Ivybridge where we we set up and we're hard to beat. So we don't score a lot of goals, but we are hard to beat. So our our, our play is very much based on on that system, really. And, and yeah, it. The league form, it, it has been pretty good. Um, I think maybe our last loss was the FA Vaz game against Bridgewater. We're unbeaten in quite a few. Um, and, and as I say, we deserve to, where we are, where, to be where we are. Um, a huge amount of games to play, though. I think we've only played 19 in the league. And I think Marjon's one place above us having played 12 more games, which is, I've, I've never, ever experienced anything <laughs> like that, ever, in a season, to know a team with 12 games in hand on someone. So uh, The beauty it's, of it's having bad. an all-weather pitch, though, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Although it was called out once, one game this season. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It must be really <laughs> um, bad, mustn't it, when an all-weather pitch is called off? <laughs> that's it. So, you know, I think um, April we've got nine games to play um, in, in one month, so that's going to be a really heavy schedule. So, you know, if we do go through another round in the cup uh, then that'll only add to that but <laughs> well let's hope you do that's that's the idea you mentioned games in hand and um, you know you're looking at the league table 16th at the moment uh, but as you say you've only played 18 what, why are you so far behind with your games uh, um, well we had a huge spate called off I think January I don't even know if we played a game in January yeah it's just been just been the way it's been I think um so many cancellations. Um, I, I know a lot of teams have sort of faced the same, but um, yeah, and obviously we have played a couple of um, couple of ours games in that run as well. So the old was called off. Um, but yeah, we've got a really heavy workload to catch up. So I don't think um, we've got a free week for the rest of the season now. I think it's Tuesday or Wednesday, Saturday, Tuesday or Wednesday, Saturday for the rest of the season now. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah it's going to be heavy going. Yeah, well, I'm not surprised you have got a heavy programme because you are actually at the moment halfway through your season in league games, <laughs> would you believe it? So it mm. is going to be a busy uh, February, March and April. Well, we're almost in March now, aren't we? So, uh, so cup football, What what's so special about it? Well, it's, it's the occasion, isn't it? It's that opportunity to win silverware I think specifically for us we know we're not gonna we're not gonna threaten up there in the league so um yeah we've had some really good Vars games this season and it was it was brilliant to play against Bridgewater um come up short that that day obviously and then they are a strong team riding high in the league above um but I think for us it's probably a little bit of a we can forget about the league for a bit and at the start of the season it was uh, probably helped to be honest because we had a we had a rough start, um, but everybody loves loves a cup game, don't they? You know, um, going back to last season's, we've got a bit of a thumping in the in the semi final with this one. Um, so this is an opportunity to get there again. And you know, last year we were quite a young side. Um, we added a little bit more experience this season, so maybe the occasion might not get to us if we play well enough to get to that point. Um, but yeah, I've been involved in in a fair few, and yeah, there's just something different about a cup cup run um, and that opportunity to. Playing those massive games under light sometimes, um, yeah, nothing better. Mm. And and of course, um, we're, we're talking League Cup here, but I think you've probably got. Um, what, what's your best personal? What's your best cup uh, success? Is it the Cornwall Senior Cup? Yeah, um, yeah, I've won that one with with Celtic Ash. Um, FA Vaz run with Tour Point. 
when we got to the quarters. Oh, right. It was a personal one of mine. Um, although I joined, I cheated a bit on that one. I joined uh, <laughs> after three seasons, so um, I can't, I can't fully claim that one. But that was, a, that was a brilliant day away at Pool, Pool Town. Um, really massive crowd, and we, and obviously Martin Piper is our assistant manager at Elberton, and he was the goalkeeper that day for us at <laughs> up at Pool. Um, re- reflecting about that the other day. Um, as a, as a young lad, I've got to the quarterfinal of the youth, FA Youth Cup. Um, oh, with Argo, but, oh, right, yeah. So, yeah, I like a cup, I suppose. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, don't bother with... Well, obviously, you're not bothering with the league. You've only played 18 games, but uh, don't bother with the league. Just get on with the cup games. That's that's, that's the it. idea. <laughs> um, Oakhampton, though, um, they are top of the league, so it is going to be a, a tricky tie next Tuesday. Um are they the best? Well, mind you, you've only played them once, and that was right at the very beginning of the season, wasn't it? So, who's yeah. the best team you've played in the league in the East Division? Do you reckon this season? Uh, I think I've said to you before, it is such a competitive league. Um, the, the top six are are really good, in my opinion, in this league. Like Brixham, of um, I, I think Brixham will win the league. I think I might have said that to you in my prediction start of the year. Um, we drew with them at home. Probably again, that was one of our really, really strong performances this season. Um, but yeah, they're a really, really good side, and obviously did really well in the Vaz. I always say, as a individual players, I think Axminster are really strong, um, and I think they're seventh or eighth or something. But from a personnel point of view, I think they're um, probably one of the best. But yeah, Oakhampton is certainly up there, and I know their manager was watching us on Saturday <laughs> as they didn't have a game. So they'll know what to expect from us um, and I think we'll know what to expect from them to be fair. Um, I haven't played them earlier on in the season. That's a, a group of players that have been together for quite a long time as well. Um, so sort of know their games inside and out. And of course, uh, when you beat um, Oakhampton, you've got Axminster, haven't you, in the semis? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's that Bovy again. Yes. Um, yep. Mutual ground where obviously we got the thumping last year. So... Um, <laughs> Oh yeah, dear! If, if right. we manage to get to that point, it'll be uh, yeah another really nice opportunity. But Axminster, there, we again we drew drew with them a couple of weeks ago at home nil nil. Um, somebody got sent off in that game. I can't remember who. But, um, so you will, you know, we're really looking forward to it. And you know, Tuesday would be a really good opportunity to get to that point. Right. Well, thanks for coming on uh, again, uh, Lewis. Um, let's hope. Let's hope that we can be talking to each other a few weeks' time in the warm-up to the semi, eh? That would be great. I think every time you said that, Dave, we've lost. So oh, oh. I, I, do, <laughs> I do apologise for having said that. I, I didn't realise I was uh, unlucky to you. But, you know, that's that's football, as they say. But it is cut football. And uh, so uh, let's hope all goes well. What time is the kick-off? Don't know. Uh, I oh. presume it'll be 7.30, 7.45. Um... Shall I, yeah, t- shall I tell you a moment? Shall I tell you? Then. <laughs> then, um, see, 7.30, right. So you've got no uh, excuse for being right. late. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's right. 90 seconds down the road from me, our home pitch. So oh, is it? Oh, right. No excuse, yeah. So when you see the lights come on, you know it's time to go, to do you? turn up, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, well, great stuff, Lewis. Well done uh, on your cup uh, runs this season. I, I, I can't say the same for the league um, form, but, you know, we can't be good at everything, can we? Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Cheers, Dave. Thanks very much. Cheers. Bye. Cheers. Thanks very much. Yeah, thanks to Lewis for coming on the podcast, uh, telling us about, um, well, his thoughts on uh, 
the League Cup game coming up there on Tuesday. Uh, yes, he's our very own Walter Parsons Cup hotline specialist. And, uh, well, let's hope that he, he he's prepared to talk to us a few weeks' time um, with a, after a favourable result on Tuesday. But it's going to be a toughie for them, that's for sure. And, uh, yes, I can confirm that um, Lewis mentions there there's a sending off there that he uh, talks about very quickly, very briefly um, in that piece. And it was Lewis. So no wonder he moved on very, very rapidly. Now let's move on to... Uh, a side that's top of the table at the moment and um, their manager must be quite content, but let's find out for sure. It's Mike O'Neill and uh, Wendron United's boss. Well, I can't remember when I last spoke to you, Mike, for the podcast, but I'm pretty certain since whenever it was, you made it through to the Senior Cup semis. You've had a little blip, dropping a couple of points, but you're still top of the table. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I can't remember specifically when we when we were last on, but uh, but yeah, it's been. Um, uh, we continue to form. I think the obviously the the, the success of of getting through to the to the semi final um, uh, against Millbrook is um, uh, it's been a real positive. And then we've got um, uh, the form generally is carried on in the league over the over the last few games. Obviously, a, a little bit of a blip against Bude and and um, uh, and Bobman back to back, which which. Didn't really help us, but um, but we managed to bounce back after that and and a good couple of wins in the last two games. Yeah, I imagine that Bude game would have been a big disappointment, though, wouldn't it? Um, playing a, a fellow top sort of five club. Yeah, it was. It was really disappointing. Um, I felt we had a point to prove after the uh, after the game against them up at up at their place, uh, which we drew one all. Um, and and I really thought we were gonna we were gonna go into that game and and, and put a performance in, but um, but unfortunately we were we were pretty much second best across the park there. Um, uh, we we didn't really compete for the first ball, certainly didn't compete for the second ball, and and, and actually to to coin a phrase, I think we we arguably had our had our backsides handed to us um, quite deservedly that day, uh, and actually I think we were we were relatively lucky. It was um, it was three two come come the final score, but uh, but yeah, really disappointing in that one, um, but but no complaints. And then it was a, a case of late goals against Bobby, wasn't it? Yeah, that, again, that was um, from the result perspective, obviously disappointing, um, and and to concede in the the ninety third third minute, I think it was uh, to make it two all, but um, but we'd only scored in the in the eighty ninth, so um, <laughs> uh, we, yeah, we made we made really hard work of it to get to get ourselves in front, um, and then and then very disappointed that we we conceded the goal. Uh, to make it too all, but but overall, I thought the the performance that day was much improved, and we um uh, we, we had more than enough chances, I think, to 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 make that um a a, a, a result in our favour um much earlier in the game. But uh, if you if you don't put them away, then um uh, other teams will will stay in that match right until the till the last chance, and and that was the case that day, and and. Conversely, we've we've done that this season as well, where we've maybe not deserved to be um, so close in terms of scoreline, and then and then nicked it ourselves. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it was it was disappointing, but um, but not unexpected considering we've done it to other teams. Right, and since then, obviously, you've beaten Dobbles, uh, and uh, and last Saturday uh, you managed a win at Camelford four three. Um, you well, it sounds as if you might have made hard work of that. Yeah, it was it was a funny one actually last week. Um, we went we went up to to Camelford with a with a sort of clear game plan. We obviously know the threats that that, that they carry and 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 obviously and well managed by Reg for for, for lots of years. And, and you've got to play play well to get anything from from them at home. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, 
uh, we went into a to a a four one half time lead, uh, and and uh, maybe on the balance of chances, it probably wasn't. Uh, it, it was wider than it should have been. Um, we benefited from a couple of mistakes, um, but then we we also didn't take our chances when when they fell to us in in more sort of conventional ways. But um, uh, yeah, second half we we went out there really to to try and take take the game to them and and, and caught, caught ourselves with a with an own goal and then um, uh, and then a little bit of hesitation which cost cost us another one which made a, a really interesting last um, <laughs> sort of ten fifteen minutes but but again we we, we had chances um, and I'm sure on another day we we would have been able to uh, to put them away so overall the performance was was okay I was I was, I was relatively happy um just could do about the stress of a, of a of a one goal advantage going into the last few minutes yeah I like the way you said it, an interesting last 10 minutes it's probably a, a nervous last 10 minutes wasn't it it is yeah if I had an yeah I'd probably be losing it but <laughs> the um yeah no it's a uh, I, I don't like the games going too far into the um uh, into the sort of make or break moments, but um, but that's the nature of it, isn't it? And, yeah. and and actually, if you're if you're on the on the right end of them, it's it's fantastic. If you're on the wrong end of them, uh, it's horrible. But it's what drives you to come back the following week. But um, but no, like I said, we've 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 done our fair share of that this this year and last year. So um, to to still be at the top of the league at the moment uh, and fighting is 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 a great place to be. No, Penzance on Saturday they made you fight for it recently in the Senior Cup quarter final, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They, I, I thought they had a great game plan that night. Um, it gave us a lot of problems. We found it pretty difficult to to break them down, um, but but we did learn a lot from that. And and I think we've we've taken stock. And and there's going to be a few um, uh, a few bits that that, that we're going to work on at training tomorrow. Uh, sorry, tonight even um, to to make sure that we're that we're maybe slightly uh more specifically prepared for for the threat that they that they're going to um pose us on Saturday and 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 I expect with the with the improvements we've had over the last two games that we're going to go down there and uh, uh and make sure that um that if they do get anything from us over 90 minutes that they're going to have to they're going to have to play out their skins to to do it right you've only got five league games left you know yeah, I know. We yeah, have been really lucky with the um, with the ability to get keep the games on at home. Um, uh, we're hitting quite a few away games now, um, which are obviously either been ones that have been rearranged earlier on the season, or or ones that we've been able to um, uh, sort of fulfil week week in week out. So yeah, we've been we've been really consistent in a, in our in our game availability, and that's that's been a that's been a real plus for us this year. Um, but yeah, only five uh, five league games to go, and uh, uh, and one. Hopefully, well, two cup games. Two, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, not one, two, Mike. But, and um, final question. Obviously, the merger this week, the news has come out that um, it's not happening between the Western League and the Peninsula. What does that mean to you and Wondering Football Club? Um, so, obviously, it's a consideration. Um, uh, the the merger would have been uh, geographically um uh, more convenient, um, but for me it makes it makes zero difference. Um, when I when I took the job last year to to take over the side, it was it had clear objectives um, over the the, the the four seasons I'm intending uh, to initially um, uh, be in the role, and um, uh, my objective is to be the the, the best thing we can um, and to improve year on year. So um, whether that was and that was before any merger was was discussed. So the fact that we came third last year uh, and got to a cup final, um, my intentions. To, to to improve on that um, uh, again, irrespective of, of any merger. So it, cha- it doesn't change for me or the team, um, but obviously there's there's wider considerations for the club. Um, but we're 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 going to be in a position to 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 make sort of plans for those um, and and whatever it looks like next year or, or the year after or. 
um, if it, whether it never happens, um, <laughs> we'll be uh, yeah we'll be making those plans to to, to continue our our drive to, to to play the highest level of football we can um, in in the county and in the southwest. Right, great stuff, Mike. So by the sounds of it, unless you finish runners up or champions, you'll be sacked. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Ask, ask, ask Pete. I hope not. <laughs> right. Okay. Thanks, Mike, uh, very much for sparing the time. Cheers, Deeks. All the best, mate. Well, Wendron going well again. Top of the table at the moment. Can they stay there or will St. Blasey pip them? We'll wait and see. And uh, as it unfolds, we'll be uh, talking to the people that are directly involved at all the clubs in the Peninsula League's title race. In the meantime, it's St. Piran League football and uh, John Colenso, our expert when it comes to the St. Piran League East Division and uh, also cutting fingers off, I believe. Yeah, a little, little bit of a digit short at the moment. Though, <laughs> <hopefully>. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, is it going to delay you at all in telling us what's happened this week on the football I'll do front? I'll my very best not to cause too many delays, so I'll blame <laughs> it on the internet. Right, OK. So, um, yeah, East Division of the Superior League, um, well, a bit of a mixture, some low-scoring games, some relatively high-scoring games, and, um, and the leaders got beaten. So much for my prediction of Desmond, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well. It's on so yeah, apologise to them for that. So, start us off then, John. Where do you want to start? Okay. Well, starting um, with one from bottom side AFC St. Austin Reserves had a really good win last week against bottom side Lanson. This week, unfortunately, at home, they lost 2 0 to Torpoint Athletic Reserves. <laughs> um, so, their, their little winning run didn't last for too long, unfortunately. And then a bit of a local derby, the next one. Altonun and Launceston Reserves drawing one apiece. Um, so that keeps Altonun in fourth place. So they're still there or thereabouts. But, um, yeah, they would have probably liked to have won that one, to be honest. Yeah, bottom um, side Launceston. That was a good result for the bottom side, wasn't it? Yeah, it can happen, though, can it? When it's a local derby, they sort of raise the game and, and manage to scrape a draw out of it. So I think they'll definitely be the happier of the two sides. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's only the, Yeah, that's only their second point in the season. So, yeah, they'll definitely be happy with that. Um, and then on to a um, high-scoring game. Callington Town Reserves back up and running, got their players in to get their squad going again. Um, unfortunately, they did lose, but only 4-3 at home against Polpero, with Polpero scoring the winner on 86 minutes. So... They must have put in a really good battle um, and unlucky not to come away with a point at the end of it. Mm. Um, then on to the next one, Gunners Lake and Saltash Borough. Um, I said 2-2. Gunners Lake excelled and won the game 4-2. Great result for Gunners Lake, isn't it? It is a good result, yeah, because we know how good Saltash Borough have been, don't we? So, um, yeah, very good result. Jamie Rowland, Harry Southcott and Kev McCallion with two for Gunners Lake. So they'll be definitely be the happier of the two teams. Um, that keeps them in second place. Ten points behind, but two games in hand. So they've clawed a little bit back. Um, just got to keep up keep up the good work and see what they can do at the end of the season there. And then Saltash United reserves two, St Morgan three. So a good win for St Morgan. Um, sees them in sixth place now. Um, so Ash United reserves in ninth still, and then high-scoring game here: St Dominic seven, Millbrook three. Yes, and now that result of Gunners Lake beating Saltash Borough also 
helps big time St Dominic, doesn't it? It does, yeah, because we know St Dominic have got games in hand. So, um, obviously, they've clawed three points back straight away, haven't they? So, uh, Kieran Ryle helping himself to a hat-trick in that game as well. So, uh, he's back on the score sheet. Um, and that actually, looking at the league table, St Dominic are in fifth. But like we say, they've got uh, five games over Altonan and seven games over Salt Ashborough. So, yeah, it's all still to play for. Yeah, more importantly, uh, whereas I think last week uh, when we had um, Kev McCann on from Salt Ashborough and it was really at that stage, St Dominic couldn't catch Borough. Mm. Now they can, can't they? So, now they can, yeah, that's changed now, so... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but what's the difference? So there's 20 points in it at the moment, but seven games. So they can actually get 21 points, can't they? Mm, that's so right. Like you say, they are catchable now. Yeah. Right. So what have we got in the way of fixtures coming up? Fixtures coming up. We have uh, Sticker Reserves against St. Dominic. Um, St. Austin Reserves against Saltash United Reserves. Callington Town Reserves against St. Morgan. Polpero against Launceston Reserves, Torpoint Athletic Reserves against Altanun. So five, uh, sorry, six games this week. No, five games this week. None of them jump out at me. <laughs> uh, no, um, obviously Callington at home again. It's just nice to see that they've managed to uh, get going again, get a score together. Um, another tough test against St Morgan, isn't it? When you when you're down near the bottom, every game's a tough test, isn't it? So. Yeah. Yeah, hopefully they gel quickly and, and pick some points up. Well, that was the uh, reaction and news from the East Division. In the West Division, well, everyone was uh, keen to know what the outcome of the match at uh, St. Day between uh, the top two sides. St. Day were taking on Mosul and, uh, well, it finished in favour of the visitors. Mosul won 3-2, which now means that... Uh, with them winning and also Truro City winning at St Agnes it means that uh, St Day go down to third place games coming up this week in the um, Superior League West well the the, the games that uh, really count and we want to look out for St Day are home to Port Levin Truro City are home to Hale as we heard there from Cam Weldon earlier no game for Mosul so um it could well be that uh, we'll have new leaders come Saturday, 5 o'clock. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix podcast. Just go to your favourite podcast platform and search for Cornish Soccer Talking Football. And also, if you want to listen back to any previous podcasts of Cornish Soccer, they are all available at anchor.fm slash Cornish Soccer. Thank you. Now let's... Uh get you all up to date with what's happening on the local women's football scene information sent in to us each week by Gary Hawking and it's much appreciated the shock result of the week came at Polter Park where Step 7 Helston beat Step 4 St Austell 3-1 in the County Cup quarter final. Liz O'Reilly opened the scoring for Helston on the half hour mark with Kim Yield doubling the lead just before half time. O'Reilly bagged her second on 71 minutes before Teen Grey Roberts scored a late consolation for St Austell with two minutes left on the clock. Helston's reward is the semi-final away at Mosul. In the other semi, Foxhall will host Liscard with both ties to be played on the 12th of March. To make St Austell's week even worse, they lost 12-0 at home to Exeter City on Wednesday. 
In the Southwest Regional League, Liscard maintained their solid home record with a 2-1 Premier Division win against Poole Town. Liscard started the game well with a Chloe Williams strike on five minutes, but Poole equalised halfway through the first half, and as the game moved into the closing stages, it looked like they'd earned themselves a draw. Liscard's Georgie Tolbert had other ideas, though, and chose the 88th minute to score her first goal of the season and secure all three points for the home team. It's back on the road for Liscard this weekend as they travel to bottom of the table, Royal Wooten Bassett. Three weeks ago, Sticker were top of the Western Division, but after two defeats on the bounce, they've now dropped to third with last Sunday's result, a 3-1 home defeat to Fenerton. Tory Marks scored Sticker's only goal. Sawdash United sit one place above Sticker in second now, following a 4-0 win away at Budley Salterton. They're now just two points behind leaders Marine Academy Plymouth. Leading scorer Nicola Champion scored Sawdash's first two goals, with debutante Brittany Harris adding the second two. Sawdash make the short trip over the Tamar to Marine Academy Plymouth this Sunday, and a win would see them go top. Sticker, meanwhile, have a longer journey away to Biddeford. There was only one game in the Cornwall Women's League First Division last Sunday, but it was a cracker. Mosul raced to a 4-1 half-time lead at home debuted, with all four Mosul goals coming from Jazz Spencer Amos. As the half-time whistle blew, Sarah Badham's goal for Bude already had the feeling of a consolation about it. But manager Dean Bryant and his Bude players had other ideas. Two minutes into the second half, Badham scored her second with Anne-Marie Latham closing the gap to just one goal on 55 minutes. The game went right down to the wire. With only four minutes left to play, Sarah Badham finally completed her hat-trick to bring the scoreline to Mousel 4, Bude 4, and there it stayed. The result leaves the league table as it was at the start of the day with Mousel in fourth and Bude just behind them in fifth. This weekend, Bude have a supplementary League Cup quarter-final tie away at Saltash Borough, whilst Mosul have a home league game against Bodmin. In the other Division 1 game this weekend, second place Foxhall host bottom club FXSU and in the League Cup, dropship travel to Codros to contest their first round tie. There were three Division 2 games in the Cornwall Women's League last weekend, with St Agnes extending their lead at the top of the table with an impressive 12-0 home win against Redruth. At St Mewen Park, Charlestown started the day in fifth, one place behind Padstow, but changed places with them thanks to a 4-1 win. Charlestown's top scorer, Anna Weary, scored two, with their other two goals coming from Laura Booth and Ellie Douglas. At the bottom of the table, Ludgeford remained winless after a 3-0 home defeat to Wendron. There's a full second division programme on Sunday with the bottom two teams both at home, Ludgeford hosting Padstow and Redruth entertaining Wendron. The top two are also both at home. Penryn will be trying to shrink their four-point deficit to St Agnes as they face Charlestown at Kernick Road. Meanwhile, St Agnes will hope to edge closer to the championship as they host Callington, who might just be a little rusty having not played for three weeks. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Thanks to Gary there on uh, keeping us up to date with what's happening on the women's football front. John Colenso does the same for us uh, when it comes to the East Cornwall Premier League. Well, was it a full fixture list or not? It wasn't quite, was it, I don't think? Uh, no, it was seven games, so 14 teams out of the 16 were playing last week. Right, and uh, well, um, the big game, North Pedro in against St Colin Major, there was a couple, three all draws, weren't there? 
Yeah, yeah, a couple of three-all draws, a 4-0, a 4-2, a 5-2, so plenty of goals this week, because I think last week we said it was a little bit stale, didn't we? Yeah, Boring. it was, wasn't it? Low scoring, wasn't yeah. it, last week? So, so. Uh, yeah, we've got the goals back this week. <laughs> right. Obviously, We're... everyone listened and uh, made sure they scored a few. Yeah, so so who got all the goals? Um, well, we'll start at Torpoint Athletic, who beat Newquay Academy 5-2. Um, reading through Callum's um, match report on the forum, it's wasn't as easy as it makes it sound by the scoreline to be fair I think um, Newquay Academy put up a good fight they've they've I think they've changed a few players because they seem a lot stronger and, and more difficult to break down obviously they've grown into the league a bit more as well but um, Ryan Easterbrook still managed to score a hat-trick so uh, that keeps Torpoint chasing Foxhole at the top doesn't it uh, Torpoint are now third Foxhole second Petherwin first so still all to play for in that top three um, next game I'm going to is St. Teth 2, St. Blasey 4. Um, so good win for Blasey. They've had a couple of losses recently. Um, two subs came on and scored for them. I'm not sure what's happened to St. Teth's team sheet. They've only got four players. <laughs> uh, so, put it down to a glitch on the... We'll, we'll call that a glitch, yeah. Yeah, full, yeah. full time or a whole, whole game yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right either, either that or they did very well with four players to get <laughs> yeah, a full loss. That's right. <laughs> Um, and then Nampian Rovers travelled to local rivals St Stephen and won four 0 as well. Uh, good win for them. Tyler Trudgeon with a hat trick, mm-hmm. and Martin O'Callaghan with the other goal. So good win for them. Yeah. Um, then we got another local derby: St Minver two, Weybridge Town reserves one. And I think Weybridge Town in thirteenth will be, ha- you know, happy with that sort of not the result exactly, but a good performance to be as tight as they were with St Mimber. Again, the local derby may have um, helped them pick up a bit, but Rob Green got the two goals for St Mimber and Keenan Nicholas scored the only goal for Weybridge Town. All right. So would you, you, by the sounds of it, you would have expected St Mimber to win that, but by a bigger margin? Yeah, just, I mean, just no disrespect to Weybridge, just looking at the difference in the league table. Obviously, St Mimber in sixth and Weybridge 13th. Um, Weybridge have picked up a couple of wins recently as well to get them out of that bottom of the bottom end of the table as such so yeah no, I, I would say that's a, a good performance against a strong St Minver side they've been in the league a fair while haven't they mm. and Weybridge are quite a young side so yeah they can't be too disappointed with that okay and then the game of the day that we said North Petherwin 3 St Colin Major 3 um, Tom Howes with a brace and Dom Roberts for St Colin with Owen Pennington Joseph Reeve and Benjamin Sharp scoring for North Petherwin 2-2 mm-hmm. at half-time, so it looks like a close game right throughout. And that result really only helps Fox on tour point, doesn't it? It does, yeah, just the point is, um, yeah, yeah. It's def- like you say, it's definitely helped them more than Padawan themselves, hasn't it? So, mm. But they are still top at the moment by a point with uh, Fox Hole chasing with four games in hand, though. So, yeah, just got to watch their backs on that one for a minute. Um, next one was Lewtown 2, St Dennis Reserves nil. I think St Dennis went with a player short as well didn't they so well done to them for not giving in and, and still going and, and putting up a battle um, and Lou didn't score till the 85th and 86th minute so Oof. he did very well really yeah, yeah. Hemmings and sub Matt Elphick scoring the two goals for Lou yeah yeah you've got to praise the, as you said uh, St Dennis for, for well for making a trip isn't it a, a lot of teams yeah, wouldn't have yeah. bothered would they um, no, it could have been easier just to say no we're not going to but they they went along and, and so close to getting a point as well yeah. so yeah well done to them 
keep plodding on and hopefully they'll they'll get a result or two soon. And then last game was another um, six-goal thriller, Liscard Athletic Reserves 3, St. Newland East 3. So, yeah, not a bad. I mean, on reflection, I was disappointed that we'd drawn again because that's our fourth draw this season. Um, but talking to the lads afterwards, it was actually when you look at where St. Newland have been in the league table this year, it's, it's not a bad draw, really. Um, it was a good end-to-end game. Uh, I think it was one all, two all, and then three all. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, good battle, good game, and yeah, we'll take the point. Who got the goals? What for us? Yeah, yeah, Will Gilbert got our third, and Reese Wilmot scored the first two free kicks. Right, Will Gilbert. That's is that any connection with Darren? That's Darren's eldest son. Right, yeah. he takes the free kicks, does he? Right. No, no, he scored an open goal and Reese Wilmot scored the two free kicks. Ah, right. Two free kicks? What, from distance yeah. or what? Um, outside of the area. It's, it's Geordie's brother, Reese. Um, so he's he's a good free kick taker. He's got a lovely left foot on him. Um, and yeah, both bent around the wall and, and in the bottom corner, I think, both times, actually. Two good goals, one at either end. And then the goal scorers for St. Newland East, Dan Woodgate scored two and Owen London. Right. Dan Woodgate, he seems, his name pops up quite often these days, doesn't it? He has recently, yeah, I was going to say, so I'm not sure if he's a new player or if he's just found his uh, goal-scoring form, but uh, yeah, no, he scored two. Um, Good player, difficult to mark as well. And it was St. Julian East that were top of the league not so long ago, wasn't it? They were, yes, yeah. um, They've dropped down to fifth at the moment. Um, Obviously, that draw didn't help them much either. But um, yeah, they've been up there. But they've played... Well, they're one of the highest games played, so they're yeah, they've been up there. A couple of teams have now caught them, but it's still all to play for. It's still good at the top there. Yeah. And obviously with your list guard hat on, would you take that as a as a good result for you? A, a point against a side that has been top of the table or um, or not? Lads in the changing room after took it as a good point and I can see where they're coming from, but I thought we had very good spells where we could have, you know, we should have maybe capitalised and scored a few more. But um, at the end of the day, I think they're right and probably a, a point against a strong St. Newland side is a good point. So top of the table, what's it looking like? So North Peverwin are top with 18 games played, um, a point ahead of Foxhole with four games in hand. <laughs> um, tall point, another point behind in third place. So basically from fifth, Two first is two points. <laughs> right. Exciting Three stuff. Teams. Yeah, third, fourth, and fifth are on 39, and then second is 40, and first is 41. Right. So, And this league's still got still got quite a way to run, really, hasn't it? Because, you know, as I, th- I think we mentioned recently, the, the fixtures, there's a lot of games to play still. There is a lot of games to play still. When you look at Tall Point and Foxhole on 15 and 14, that's literally half the season, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, so we've still got half the season to go and we're in, what, mid-February now, I mean, mid to end of February. So, yeah, there'll be some good midweekers coming up, I think. Oh, yes, that's true. I like a midweek yeah. game, so... Uh, yeah, right. the weather's coming better, surely, doesn't it, if, it's, uh, if we start getting the midweekers in? Yeah, that's right. So what have we got um, this Saturday, then? What um, fixtures stand out for you? So, well, this, yeah, there's um, some good fixtures this Saturday again. Nanpian against St Blazy Reserves. Uh, North Petherwin against St Dennis. St Colum against Lou. Uh, the one I liked was St Minver against Torpoint Athletic Thirds. Mm-hmm. Um, then we got St. Teth against Foxhole and Wade Bridge against Roach. So Foxhole, um, they travel to St. Teth. That shouldn't yeah. really 
cause them too many problems. So they, well, I know North Padawan are playing St. Dennis, you said, didn't you? So, that's, uh, yeah, so that's the bottom two against the top two. Yeah. It? So, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough battle for the bottom two, but let's, let's hope they can um, go and try and get something out of the games. Okay. Well, interesting stuff. Um, it's like you said, um, lots of teams in the hunt still for the title. If yeah. you if you had to say at this particular stage of the season, who's going to win it, John? Who would your money oh. be on? Foxhall Athletic third team. Foxhall Athletic third team. <laughs> I can't decide between the two. So we'll <laughs> <laughs> I don't know because not tall yeah, point stars then. <laughs> no, no, not tall point stars. We'll go Foxhall Athletic for right. a minute, but. Um, we haven't seen Foxhall yet. Obviously, Foxhall have got a tough... Like I think Torpoint haven't played them either. So, Foxhall have got what I would count myself maybe being biased four tough games at least. So, um, a Torpoint we saw earlier in the season um, and we matched them for that game. So, I don't know. Foxhall are looking strong. You look at their squad on paper, um, that is a strong squad, but obviously... Coming towards the end of the season, Torpoint will have maybe higher league players available when their season's finish, um, which could come into it. I know they don't use them unless they have to, but it could come into it later on in the season. So I think it'll be a really good battle either right. way. Okay. And did I read somewhere this week that the champions of the East Coast Premier League, you can't go up unless you've applied to go up? No, you do have to forward plan and apply, Dave. It's not It's not a case of in the old days where if you won it, you went up. You've so still got to apply. even with this restructuring exercise going on, um, say if the St. Pyrrhon League wanted to boost their numbers by teams coming up, have you still got to apply then? Yes. Yeah. Well, that could leave the St. Pyrrhon League short of teams, surely. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where it would stand if they needed... If they needed five teams and only two or three applied, I don't know where they would stand. Like whether the the league itself votes for the for the you know for the amount of teams in that league, or whether it's set in stone by the FA, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, but obviously, if there's a team that hasn't asked to go up and does get asked to go up, they then need to be ground graded. Right. Is there much of a difference in ground grading requirements? I wonder. Um, not a lot, but there is obviously like. Um, I think we've probably all read on the forum about St. Colum are not looking to go up now because there's certain bits they've got to do, such as changing rooms, toilets and bits and pieces. So there is changes that obviously need to be done between the two. Um, so, yeah, we'll have to wait and see. It'll be, be good to find out more about the restructure, really. Yeah. Any news on a roadshow yet? No, not heard a thing. No. Right. Yeah, I'm sure one should be coming soon because obviously time is moving on, isn't it? So yeah. this yeah. ground grading is a load of old palaver, isn't it? Really? How, how uh, many years has there been football played at St. Column? I know. Yeah, a lot of years. A lot of years. I just don't get it, to be honest. I just don't. Yeah. No, it's it's a difficult one because it's it's now quite a deciding factor in teams deciding if they want to go up or not, and no, that's the trouble. Mm. If you, it's not just about having the the best squad on the field anymore, is it? If it, if the uh, and it all costs money. I mean, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's all money orientated. Yeah, that's the trouble. Yeah. So a smaller club that's struggling for money that's got a hell of a side is 
maybe being held back, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> oh, well, perhaps we'll get someone on that can tell us a bit more about all this uh, very soon. But uh, for the moment, um, thanks very much, John. Thanks, Dave. Let's go to the Cornwall Combination League and, uh, well, Praise and Beeble are still top of the table. They picked up uh, a useful three points, uh, winning 3-1 at home to Helston. And uh, in second place, just they were held to a three-all draw by next to bottom St Agnes. So that'll be points dropped as far as the tinners are concerned, I would have thought. Pending Rovers remain in third place. They uh, had a 2-1 home win against St Day. Games coming up this Saturday. Um, we have uh, Praise. They're home to Mornan. Codros play St Just. St Ives are home to Pendeen. Whilst Hale take on Hale Reserves, that is, take on Resudgeon. One cup game to mentioned coming up on Tuesday it's uh, Helston Athletic thirds they take on Wendron United's thirds so a clash of the third teams as far as league placings go they're sixth and seventh so uh, it could be a close game this one but Helston have home advantage they've only actually lost four league games and um, I would think that the uh, the good money is going to be on the Blues coming through there at Callaway Park that's uh, League Cup action on Tuesday night at uh, Helston there. Moving on to the Dutchy League and the Premier Division and uh, some, uh, well, strange results happening there to the top sides. Uh, Southgate Seniors, top of the table, lost at home to Goran, 3-2. Goran down there in 11th place, so that was a bad defeat. And Dobbles, um, they... They uh, are in second place. They also lost away at Lifton 4-3. So uh, no change to the top of the table. Um, but um, it means that the likes of St. Marin, who uh, picked up a, a walkover by the looks of things, uh, at uh, Sawdash United third team, they're not uh, able to play St. Marin. So St. Marin get the points there. They move, or they don't move, but they're in third place. Boss Castle, they won 3-1 at home to Mevagizzi. Uh, so uh, Boscastle in fourth, Mevagizzi in fifth. Fixtures on Saturday were well, it's uh, Dobbles' turn to go and uh, have to play Goran at Goran. Um, so it'll be interesting to see whether Goran can do the same at home against the top of the table side that they did uh, on the road last Saturday. Southgate Seniors at home again. They take on the Sodash United third team and uh, Ant Merrin, who I said are in third place. They travel to play Bodmintown seconds. In the Dutchy Division 1, top of the table, Penn Silver continue to uh, to stay on top. They uh, had a short visit to St. Clair, came away with a 4-2 win. Second place, Calstock went down to a defeat at Foxhall. Now, that's not that much of a surprise, perhaps. Foxhall in fourth place. They've only lost once in the league this season. And um, so they are a side to be considered title challengers. Foxhall won that game uh, 3-1 at home. And uh, in third place, St. Minver, who went down 5-0, would you believe it, at St. Morgan Reserves. So... uh, Bit of a heavy defeat there for St Minver. So, first place, Pensilva. Second, Calstock. Third, St Minver Reserves. And fourth place, Foxhall Stars Reserves. Games coming up. 
Well, let's see what St Morgan Reserves can do this Saturday because they uh, host the top of the table side, Penn Silver. So that'll be an interesting result to look out for. Calstock are home to Gerrans and St Moors United. They'll be um, keen to get back onto a, a winning run. They lost last week to Foxhall, don't forget. And uh, Foxhall are in action again. They're at home this week. They're playing North Petherwin Reserves in fifth place. The uh, games I haven't mentioned, well, Gunners Lake Reserves host St. Clair and uh, Boscastle Reserves travel to Lou. Now then, to finish off the Dutchy League Division 2 and... Uh, well, we mentioned last week, Rappu uh, touched on the fact that Lanreth is doing so well in contrast to Grampound, who just a few weeks ago were top of the division. Well, those two met last Saturday and, uh, well, it was Lanreth who came out easy winners by the looks of things. They won 5-0 at Grampound and uh, that means that Lanreth obviously stay in top position. Bobmin Dragons are in second place. They were held at... Uh, Delabol and Tintagel to a 2-2 draw. So, uh, it uh, well, that was another good result as far as Lanreth were concerned. Uh, third, uh, fourth place, Butan Reserves came through uh, in a narrow 1-0 victory at home against Week St. Mary. And to wrap up the results, Indian Queens, well, they went down to a heavy defeat, 10-0 at home against St. Evel's Spitfires. And uh, lost with the reserves. They picked up a uh, a home win 3-2 against North Hill, who uh, North Hill one point above lost with you now. Uh, lost with you in ninth place. So just to repeat, top of the table, Lanreth, they're on 40 points. Bobbin Dragons on 39, Grand Pound on 34. But it does look now as if it's a race between the current top two. And guess what? They're playing each other this coming Saturday. Bobbin Dragons, home to Lanreth. Clash of the top two. A a win for either side will be very, very handy. Other fixtures, Bude are home to Delaball and Tintagel. Castle Loyal play North Hill. Grand Pound will try and get back to winning ways. Uh, They take on St. Evel's Spitfires. And uh, then we got a clash down there towards the bottom end of the table, Lost With Your Reserves, they host Indian Queens. You can subscribe to the Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix podcast. Search for Cornish Soccer Talking Football. So we move on to the Trelawney League and uh, in a minute we'll be hearing from their fixture secretary, David James. But uh, let's just uh, bring you some results and fixtures coming up. Uh, let's start with, of course, the Premier Division. And, uh, well, Troon, they won 5-2 at Redruth United. And uh, Ludgevin, also up there towards the top of the table, they won 3-1 at Aluggan RBL Reserves. West Cornwall, though, they're in second place. They had the result of the day, 7-0 victory at Frogpool and Cuscarn. It leaves the table looking like this. Uh, This is... uh, at the top of the table, at least. Troon played 13, 33 points. West Cornwall also played 13, 32 points. Ludgevin are in third place. They've only played 11 and are on 24 points. And Camborne scored mines, played 10, and they're on 20 points. Now, fixtures coming up. 
And uh, there are now in the Trelawney League uh, quite a few cup games uh, starting to take place. But uh, league games in the Premier Division, Studians host a lug in RBL reserves. Three Milestone, they're at home to Camborne School of Mines. So that's a fifth against fourth. But a game of the day, and that surely has to be the clash coming up between West Cornwall, second place, and Ludgevin, third place. Now, time to bring in David James. He's the fixtures secretary of the Trelawney League. And uh, we touched on a few things with David. He's been in the game a long time, so he knows so much about how to uh, work out those fixtures uh, for the league and what a job that must be. Let's hear from the man himself. And, uh, well, one of the uh, big subjects, obviously, at the moment is the restructuring process going on um, at the lower levels, but peering down... Let's find out a little bit more from someone who hasn't been uh, directly involved in the uh, face-to-face meetings, but obviously uh, it's good to hear what is happening from a man who knows a lot more than we do on the podcast. Now then, David James, Trelawney League officer, a man of many roles in the past. What's your current sort of position with the league? Uh, Fixture secretary. Just the fixture secretary. That's an easy job, isn't it? Yeah, easiest job of the lot. <laughs> right. Anyway, I've got you on to um, tell us what you can about uh, the restructuring, how it's affecting the Trelawney League. We've we've heard, obviously, this week about the, the Western League and the Peninsula League. They haven't been able to get their heads together and the merger is off. What about the restructuring process in Cornwall that's happening this, well, it'll be in place for next season. As far as you're concerned with the Trelawney League, is it all systems go? Well, the last letter that came out from Richard Pallet saying the, the merger is definitely happening. Um, it will all come under the St. Perrin's banner. Um, all, the, all the leagues below that now will feed in as divisions below that. And as far as you're concerned, it's a good move? I think it's a good move um, in principle. Uh, we will have to see how it works out. Uh, I know we've had some grumblings from clubs who use players from outside clubs. Um, But to my mind, either you've got a side or you haven't got a side. You know, if you can't put a side on the field, why enter a league? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) you're obviously uh, hinting at the dual registration that goes on. Some clubs are concerned because they're, well... They survive because of the dual registration. But um, as you rightly said, if you can't get 11 players, well, should you be playing anyway, isn't it? Well, you know, that's the way I sort of look at it. Um, I know we get the mercenaries who who will go anywhere for a fiver and the clubs, you know, if somebody's prepared to put some money in their hand, they'll they'll sign for them, you know. (laughs) Um, I, I personally don't go down that route, you know. Why is anybody being paid in the Trelawney League, you know. Is there actually money being paid? There is money being paid. Um, no, Nobody will admit to it, but if you actually speak to some people that were actually had money put in their hands, um, it, it does happen. Well, lucky old them, I would say. Well, you know, they're not going to turn it down, are they? <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> and and does, does it actually mean that, um, that those teams that are getting paid, are they actually succeeding through doing that? Uh, one or two of them are. Um, obviously, I'm not going to give you names and, and whatever, but 
the r- rumor mill that you haven't got me too um, clever to work out who the sides are. Right. So with the get back to the restructuring, then the I, I'm assuming there's going to be an awful lot of teams moving all over the place in, in the summer, isn't it, <laughs> league wise? Well, it, it would be like a normal AGM at the Trelawney League, where half a league goes up a division, you know. So that's that, that won't be anything um, that hasn't happened to the Trelawney clubs. Um, the principle that they want to go with, well, it's it's the principle that's on the table anyway, is that the Superins, um will stay as as they are with sixteen. But I don't think both divisions at the moment have 16 do they no no that's right no. so they've got a so that instantly means there's going to be Some, teams moving up from somewhere um, yeah. and it's going to be a well a, a, an ongoing sort of movement up isn't it to... yeah like i say they want 16 in their premier premier league the combo league as it is at the moment they want that to be 16 as well so that will push teams up cuz i think they've only got 13 at the moment um, plus, you know, if a couple of combo go up to the St. Perth to make their 16, that'll make five, six, whatever, to go up from Trelawney Prem. Okay, it's going to be, well, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be uh, all, all, all number of teams moving uh, in the summer. So so we're looking at 16 in the St. Perth, 16 in, the, well, what's it going to be? Division well, 1 West, presumably, or something, yeah, is it? Yeah, yeah. And, and same up east. Yeah, and, and then it's what fourteen in the uh, in the remaining divisions. Yeah, division two, three, and four would be basically the Trelawney clubs uh, in divisions of fourteen. Right now, at the moment, Trelawney, you're running with ten in each of your divisions, aren't you? So, I would say fourteen is a good number, to be honest, with you for a for a division. Yeah, it is. Um, our our biggest problem was we. We run seven cups, which is far too many, um, and we've got a lot of uh, teams that have teams in higher leagues. So the availability of, uh, of pitches comes into it, and the old summer game of cricket when clubs have got to be off by the second week in April, and and you know the don't start until second week in September. It doesn't leave many games. <laughs> So, by the sounds of it, you're you're thinking fourteen might be too many then. Well, no. Um, obviously, if they cut the cups down, then it, right. it's not a problem. Ah, right. Okay, fair um, enough. Um, from what I gather, they want to run three divisional cups, which will be one for the Premier teams, one for Division One and Two, East and West, and one for three and four. Right. <laughs> Which is fine, you know, that, and uh, along with the junior cup, intermediate cup, and whatever, you know. Okay, so um, well, that sounds all sounds fairly um, fairly organised, Dave, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> like I say, I I personally haven't been at the two meetings that the league reps and uh, one other uh, from each league has attended at county. So I don't know what's going on behind closed doors and. Um, I know certain things. Are, um, they've changed the initial setup of the finance and things like that because originally they wanted each league to put around about five thousand pound in a pot. Um, 
some some leagues have more money than that. Um, unfortunately, if by the end of our season we won't have five thousand pounds in the bank, so um, that one has now gone out, out of the window. And the new proposal is that whatever funds are left at the end of the season uh, gets given back to the clubs. Right. Okay. So, so the bank accounts are actually empty. And, and they start all over again. <laughs> right. I was going to say, how long has the Trelawney League been going? It's What is it, about four, well, 14 think, years, something like that? I wasn't there at the inception of it. Um, I joined in 2012. So it was going before that. So I think maybe 10, 2010. I wasn't sure. I started off as a, a committee member and then took over secretary for a couple of seasons and then... Um, for the last six years, I've been fixtures, which is where I want to stay. You know. <laughs> so you're well. You're hoping to be involved in the new setup, then, in that role, are you? Well, they're inviting uh, expressions of interest. So you know, I've sent a letter in saying I would I would like to continue, but how they go around um, the final say, I don't really know at the moment. Obviously, each league at the moment has got a fixture secretary. So, yeah. if they all if they all want to carry on, then there's going to have to be some sort of vote. Fixture secretary to me that sounds at, at the level that you're dealing with. That sounds a bit of a nightmare to me. It can be if uh, you have bad weather. The initial setup, um, obviously, I have to um, basically fill in the gaps where. Teams in, in leagues above, the pitches are free, which does take a bit of doing. Um, so once you've got the initial setup, that's fine until they start putting in cup rounds and candy <laughs> uh, cup rounds that don't get played on that particular day. And yeah. um, um, being right at the bottom um, with the junior cup, if it isn't played on the initial day that it's set, you've then got to look to see if they've got the first team or home the next week because they would take priority over the Junior Cup. So uh, <laughs> it, could be, it could be three or four weeks before that game is actually played, you know? Right. Well, what's the, what's, what's the most difficult sort of um, season you've had? It, presumably it was a couple of years ago when it was really wet, wasn't it? When it rained from October till March. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and you've got to get your fixtures in by, what, the end of May? We have at the moment, yeah, which, um, like I say, with cricket, that's where the problems come in because right. clubs clubs can't use the pitches after, you know, early April. I think it's the 8th of April where a lot of clubs got to be off the, this year. Right. Are there many teams that have got um, cricket as well as football on their grounds? Yeah, in um, in the Trelawney, there are 16 teams. Is there? Blimey. That, that is actually affected by cricket. Right. Okay. I didn't realise there's quite so many as that. Yeah. And and how's it going this season? Are you on schedule to to finish all okay? If we don't get any more bad weather, um, we will go. Time we get all the finals in, we will go right up to the end of May. That's oh, for sure. Right. Because I've still got nearly a hundred Percy Stephen Cup games to get played yet. Only a hundred, right? <laughs> well, we've had nine played. <laughs> <laughs> right, because you're doing that on a group basis this season, aren't you? What, yeah, well, that, what's that, behind that reason? That was the reason to give clubs extra games. Right. Um, so they got drawn in. There were 45 clubs 
same as the junior cup it's exactly the same size that go into the junior cup that go into the Percy Stevens right. um, and that left us at 45 clubs so we divided it into eight groups of five or six and then um, when we actually get the group games played the eight uh, group winners will then go into the quarterfinals and we'll make another draw from there right and and all the other cup competitions that you normally run uh, are they not being run in this season yeah the divisional ones are they're um, still being run right Crikey. yeah they're still being, so there's five divisional cups as well which is <laughs> what i say you know at the end of the day to me seven club cups is far too many well with eight with the junior cup so yeah oh well Keeps so you they bit, are all keeps you busy anyway. To the semi-final stage at the moment, but it's again fitting in dates for those um, because some clubs are finishing their um, league games in in the next couple of weeks. Others, uh, I've got fixtures in May. Right, right. <laughs> and the old school of mines and Coldrose holiday periods messes everything up. So. <laughs> yes, I can't. I can't believe in this day and age that, that Kojo still have holiday periods that uh, affects league football. But uh, there we go. That's um, tradition, I suppose, isn't it? Well, that one is the the biggest problem is the school of mines. Um, you know, they they don't cause us any problems during the year when they're actually playing. They're one of the best sides around for discipline and whatever. Um, it's just that they have 16 weeks of the season where they're, where they're on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, nice one. Right. And uh, I can't let you go. Another team has uh, dropped out this week, um, Tregony. Um, yeah. Oh, that's that's um, an unfortunate one, really, because I thought that they might have got to the end of the season. but um, They only had a couple of games left, though, didn't they? Uh, well, they actually had seven games left um, because they had five of the group games left as well in the Percy Stevens and um, the Divisional Cup. They were still in that as well. So they had eight, eight games left, right. I think. Could, couldn't you have let them just finish the league and, and drop out of the Cup, though? Oh, they, they decided that they couldn't. Um, we were going to give them a two-weeks grace period to see if they could find a few players, but... Um, the next day we got the letter saying, you know, we want to withdraw. We just can't oh, right. put aside it. So oh. they, like I say, they relied on Dutch League clubs supplying them with players. And like I say, that's never going to work. <laughs> no, that's right. OK, well, thanks for um, giving us a bit of an idea, Dave, as to what's happening with the restructuring and all that sort of thing. Um, you've been involved in football many, many years, haven't you? Yeah, this is the 51st year, actually, that I've been involved. And is this, you know, is this sort of theme of, of clubs uh, folding, ha it's a concerning matter, isn't it? Do you see, well, do you see it getting any better than what it is at the moment? Um, I fear that we might lose a few of our 50 clubs. <laughs> Finances as well. Um, the other thing that's... Um, the county still haven't gone out to the clubs in the West yet and I don't think many of them know about the actual entry fees and, and things like that you know right. at the mo at the moment Trelawney clubs pay £50 entry fee well the parents is 150 but that does include the um, referees appointments fees which our clubs at the moment pay £40 a year It's not a cheap hobby anymore is it really? No, and um, 
like I say, I, I fear that we may lose two or three clubs. Um, but you, you just don't know, you know, with players moving around every season, and will, will that stop it? I don't know. Um, well, it's it's going to be an interesting next sort of th- three, four months, isn't it? Well, it, it's happening, so uh, things have to be put in place. And, you know, the, the actual people that are going to be running it need to know what positions they hold and, and whatever. So, um, And the sooner the better, really, isn't it? Well, it would be, yeah. You know, because if, if they're going to go right till the end of June before it's all decided, clubs are playing six weeks after that. So. Yeah. Well, I think um, the, the Cornwall FA were intending on putting on some road shows or something, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Like I say, the, originally they were going to go in before Christmas and then it was going to be in February, but... Um, the latest update is March or April, so oh, blimey. They're, they're, they're still going to happen. Yeah. Um, but like I say, time is going on. Yeah. So, why, why have they been de- delayed? Do you know? I have no idea. No. Like I say, I haven't been involved in the no. behind closed doors meetings. Okay. Well, thanks very much, Dave, for giving us a bit of an insight as to um, how you see it from the Trelawney League sort of side of things um you're still enjoying your football though yeah i'm still still getting out every saturday and trying to catch certainly one game most weeks i I catch two on the saturday um you know still going on Uh, and the premier division of trelawney that's um becoming quite exciting now let's put your your neck on the chopping block who's who do you see is going to win it it's before between four clubs, um, Troon and West Cornwall have got to play each other yet, um, twice. Oh, oh right. <laughs> Those two games will knock somebody out. <laughs> and Ludgevin are waiting in the wings, and School of Mines have to play all three of them. <laughs> right. So watch that. Uh, watch that division with with great interest by by the sounds of it. Um, yeah. That's- if, if you, if you had to gonna... choose one, though, who who would your money be on? If School of Mines could put the side out that I, that I saw play West Cornwall, I would put money on them, but I doubt that they can put the same side out every week. They'll all be on holiday. <laughs> well, that, that league, I've got fixtures up until the 10th of May already because of the School of Mines. <laughs> right. <laughs> So that is the last division that's going to be decided, that's for sure. Right. Well, it's going to be exciting and tense right till the last moment by the sounds of it. Thanks very much, David, for coming on the podcast. And, uh, well, good luck for the rest of the season. <laughs> Just pray for sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> right. OK. Cheers, mate. Yes, thanks to David there for um, talking to the podcast and interesting to hear his thoughts on uh, not just the uh, the restructuring process that's going to be taking place, but um, also his thoughts on how to uh, get all those fixtures in and what a job that is, eh? I don't know. Um, Rather him than me, I think. Looking at the fixtures, though, coming up in uh, the rest of the divisions and uh, one of interest in um, Division 1, you might say, why is Penzance Reserves against St. Day Thirds a game of interest? Well, it's being played under floodlights. It's on Tuesday down there at uh, Penley Park. So uh, a chance for anyone who doesn't get to see much Trelawney League football to go along and, and see what it's all about. That's uh, Penzance Reserves against Day Thirds.
in Division 2 this Saturday. Falmouth DC can uh, take another step towards wrapping up the title there. Um, they're at home to Goon Hovering Athletic, who are uh, at the other end of the table. And uh, two other fixtures in the uh, Division 2. Holman's home to St Ives Town, who are in second place. In fact, that's third against second, so uh, that's a bit of a... Uh, humdinger it should be as uh, Holman's in third place will look to get a, a win against the team immediately above them and the, the other fixture in Division 2 Probus are at home to RNAS Codros Reserves Division 3 of course has already been uh, wrapped up by Dropship, they're champions of that uh, division and uh, lots of cup football coming up uh, for uh, all the teams in Division 3 this coming Saturday and to wrap up the Trelawney League uh, in Division 4, there's uh, one cup game between Morn Reserves and Storm. The other games are all involving league action for the likes of uh, Penryn Athletic. They're home to Ruin Minor. Mullion, that's Mullion third team, bottom of the table. They take on Praise and Beeble Reserves, who are mid-table. Um, but the interesting games involving the uh, title race We've got St Just Reserves, third place. They take on second place, Helston Raiders. Now, St Just Reserves, three points behind Helston Raiders, but with a game in hand. So that could be a crucial result there um, at uh, late Saturday afternoon. And the league leaders of Division 4, Pendine Rovers Reserves, they are out in front. They're three points ahead of Helston Raiders at the moment with a couple of games in hand as well, which could be uh, useful. They have home advantage this Saturday against Dropship Reserves down there in seventh place. So uh, you would think Pendine should be able to get three points from that game. But um, as we know, football is a funny old game. Your Cornish So that's it for this week. Um, a quick look at the all the leagues really this week we've uh, concentrated more on interviews uh, and uh, our thanks go as usual to all our guests um, starting at the top we heard from Cam Weldon giving us the lowdown on True City let's hope that uh, well they keep the faith as he says Western League action uh, came to you from the mainly the Helston versus Falmouth Cup tie there on Tuesday we heard from Dan Harrison assistant manager of the Blues and uh, Tom Inier, um who was playing for Falmouth and disappointment for one and uh, obviously good news for the other. In the South West Peninsula League, all the talk this week has been again about the merger and the St Blasey versus Bude affair that was abandoned uh, last Saturday up there at Blaze Park. Well, Phil Hiscox gave us his thoughts on those two matters. Steve Cudmore wanted to... Uh, give us his thoughts on the merger being called off and thanks for Steve uh, doing that. Lewis Edwards as we said, our cup expert and uh, he's going to be in action for Elberton Villa on Tuesday in the Walter Parsons League Cup. Mike O'Neill, manager Wendron, they've managed to bounce back after their recent blip so he's happy with that although he might have been a little bit nervous last Saturday when they were 4-1 up against Camelford. Uh, should have wrapped it up but um, had to fight hard for it in the second half as Camelford nearly staged a, gr- a, a great comeback. In the Superior League, we heard from John Colenso. We had Gary Hawking giving us the usual info on the women's local scene. And again, John um, 
keep me up to date with the East Cornwall Premier League. A streamlined version of what's happening in the Cornwall combination, the Duchy and Trelawney, but thanks to David James, who was on this week's podcast, making it clear that, um, or we should make it clear that he's not directly involved in the finer discussions of what's happening about the restructuring of the St. Pierre and Downwards leagues, but at least he gave us his views. He's, of course, the fixture secretary and, uh, well, it takes a bit of working out, but he's been doing it for a little while now and uh, has, uh, knows all the ins and outs as, as what he's got to put priority to. Um, will there be lots of teams moving up this summer in the uh, Trelawney League to uh, get all the leagues you know, filled up of, of teams? We'll have to wait and see, but uh, David hopes it's not being left to the very last moment as to you know, telling everyone what's going on. So... That's it for this week. A streamlined version, as I've said. I'm off to Lux Park this Saturday. Liskard against Bude. That should be an interesting match. Uh, top of the table clash. Both teams play normally play in blue, but one of them will be uh, off colour come five o'clock Saturday. Thanks for now. Rappo's back next week, and so will be the Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Your Cornish 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 C